Hello, and welcome to the Shea Hates Everything podcast, where we talk about video games, movies, comics, and other shit that matters. My name is Shay, and today I hate being nervous about the impending customer event that I'm running because our event manager is on maternity leave. Woo! My name's Kyle, and today I hate that my body can't keep up with the fun shit my friends want to do. <laughs> I, I want to dive into that, but first I have first, to let's talk say... talk about your thing. Yeah, so I uh, want to announce that we have a very special guest joining us for part of today's episode. So do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? My name is Kelly, and today I hate my teeth. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Apparently we need to dive into that as well. Yeah. But uh, So Kelly's my wife. I know I've mentioned her a million different times, but um, wanted to have her on in a little guest spot on today's podcast because... We have some news that I thought would be fun for her to share, and that news is that her teeth are falling out, apparently. In my dreams, they do all the time. (laughs) You have Um, dreams where your teeth fall out? Yeah, that's like a common It is a common one. That's (laughs) horrible. It is horrifying, and mine isn't because of the reason that people dream about that, because it usually means like you have no control in your life. Mine is because Hmm. I'm literally terrified that my teeth are going to fall out. That is scary. Because they're so bad. Well, it's don't <laughs> announce to the internet that you have bad teeth. I think it's. More I mean, they look nice. Like from the outside, you wouldn't know. It's the inside, right? Like when you I, when I, you own these teeth, you know how right. bad. They I don't are. like not have teeth. <laughs> I feel like everybody has their health thing that they deal with. Like I have, you know, acid reflux and all that kind of crap going on. And for Kelly, she just has teeth issues. This is relevant to our announcement, by the way. It's not it that is? random. Yes. I have a whole... Okay. It makes sense. Well, then how about you spill the beans there? I am with child. <laughs> we have a fourth guest on today's podcast. So, child, introduce yourself. You are with us. Is the size... Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Apparently, it's the size of a lemon this week. Yeah, man, it's getting there. And it looks like a human being already. It actually does. Yeah. We, Without... find, out, we find out the gender in a couple weeks. Yeah. We're excited. It looks like a terrifying human being. It does not it have looks like an alien. eyes. <laughs> it's like head is misshapen. It is very long its in the back. It's head is like half the size of its body. Like it's right. head and then body. Right. It is you starting to grow hair is, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. So things are happening. It's Genetics. Feet and, and, and hands are no longer webbed. Oh, boy. Like an amphibian. That's too bad. So I do have a more important announcement than yours, Uh though, um, and that's that I'm going to be an uncle. (laughs) That's more important. (laughs) Big news for you, absolutely. (laughs) This is such a special day for you, Kyle. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for acknowledging that. (laughs) So, yeah, so we just wanted to have Kelly on um, just to talk a little bit about that. Um, I, I know that... The pregnancy thus far has also been a challenge, I guess. Mm-hmm. So you're at 13 weeks, 14, 14 weeks um, this weekend and baby's due in March, like late March. Um, but typically in the first trimester is when the nausea takes place. Yes. And boy, has the nausea taked place for you. Taked. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I did it on purpose, Kelly. This is a comedy podcast. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't yes. believe it either. so tell us about how you've been feeling like shit and what else you've been doing because of that um well i 
feel like garbage pretty much all the time. Yeah. Which sucks. I'm finally kind of coming over that hump, which is nice. But, like, for the past, I would say, six to seven weeks, it's just been me constantly laying in bed wanting to die. And... I mean, I work. I have a full-time job where I'm on my feet all day, which sucks. So I just come home and pass out or or watch a bunch of TV because that's really all I want to do. And that's the real reason I wanted to have her on the podcast because who cares about the kid thing? And it's more, <laughs> let's talk about some television shows that you've been watching. It's important because to stay on brand. <laughs> actually, <laughs> um, you've watched a bunch of stuff that I was like – on the fence like eh, I don't know if I want to watch it or not and so those are the perfect kinds of shows for you to just dive in and watch because if I'm on the fence about a show that means I'm not going to watch it there are too many other things so I guess the first one that makes sense because we've been talking about it the last couple episodes that Kyle had watched is The Sinner so you started that recently how how do you feel about The Sinner well I don't even really know if it counts as a show that I've watched because I only got through the first episode and like 15 minutes of the second episode because I could not handle Jessica Biel anymore. Yeah. And the show, like the concept of the show is so fascinating and it's so on point with the kind of stuff I like to watch. She loves murder shows. We've uh, talked like about more this than anything. Yeah. Murder documentaries and then she has nightmares and then she thinks I'm going to murder her and then she watches more murder shows and then she thinks everyone's going to murder her. I love it's a cycle. murder shows. So, but like the concept of that show is so good and it draws you in, which is why I see why people continue it and like get want to get through it. But that's how bad Jessica Biel is mm-hmm. and and her husband dude that was from Girls, like that guy and Bill Pullman, they're they're all like the three of them collectively were like let's just shit on this show and make it hard for people to keep watching. They're terrible and I just couldn't I couldn't get through it. Yeah, and but the concept is fascinating, right? It's only but I don't care. How long has it been out? When was it I released? Don't know. Has it been up for a while, or is it relatively recent? It's it's relatively it's recent. recent. Okay, because well, I think they just did season two. Just came out, right? Oh, really? I think season two just came. out. It's not on Netflix, but because it's I think AMC. I don't know what it is, but season two was oh. out, and it's a totally different show like new characters a totally different concept because the, the idea oh. of the show is behind like why people react in such crazy way like why people do the things they do like obviously her character just loses her mind and murders a guy it's in the first episode so it's not a spoiler and the second season is about like a totally different i think it's a kid but it's yeah totally new characters and i hear it's much better than the first so. see that's good to know because i was operating under the assumption that this was an actual netflix original show no. and when we had talked about it last episode that's what i thought we thought that it was like a limited series where it was this was the only thing to happen like there wasn't going no, to be you know a season if it's a 2 netflix show when you're like oh shit it's and usa it like, network yeah okay interesting okay that makes more sense of why they're continuing it cuz netflix like they're they have no qualms about doing a limited series kind of show, but right. a network isn't going to want to do a little one-off miniseries typically. That's interesting. So it's kind of like a true detective where yeah. totally different story, totally different Because, like, cast. the creator of it, like, that's their whole... I think it's based on a book that okay. has, like, different stories in it that talk about, like, these... I mean, they're based on true events, I believe, and it's, like, all these... Di- and that's why it's so fascinating to me. I'll probably give season two a try. Hmm. But, like, why people react the way they do in situations and it's like the highest stakes 
Well, then, stuff. since it's been out for a bit, because Kelly, having only watched an episode and a half, she had a theory on what the ending might be. And Kyle, since yeah. you have finished it, I, I mean, so spoilers for the center season one, but since it's been out for a, a, around a year, it sounds like. Turn the volume down, because I want to know what happens in the end. Or just like skip ahead in the podcast. That's typically what people would do when there's a spoiler. Yeah, but Instead of like nice just sitting like, in silence. Yeah, but then you can like think and ponder and, and reflect. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. People don't like being alone with their thoughts. (laughs) No, but wait. Okay, I do have it. Because that's part of the reason why I stopped watching it. Because I thought they made the end really obvious in the first episode. And I was like, well, I pretty much know how it's going to end. So now it's just going to be their journey. And I don't give a shit about their journey. So why does she kill the guy? Give me your theory. So I'm pretty sure that the music that plays... so. Is the is his music the guy that she killed? Like it was his band or whatever from college, mm-hmm. and she, I'm pretty sure they dated in college, and for some reason she forgot, and he like raped her, and like the mu- and like that's why she was trying to like kill him to get him off that girl, and he raped her, and that's the music that was playing when it would happen. So that's actually that's like a bit of a red herring. Like sh- that's a story uh-huh. that she comes up with. Like halfway through, oh, okay. as like, because she's oh, okay. sort of getting a few pieces, so she kind of makes that up as some sort of like a justification to like have people stop asking her questions because it makes her uncomfortable and people question her about it because she has blank spots in her memory. Um, so like, it turns out that this girl, like this blonde-haired chick that you think is heavily involved and like is her friend is not actually her friend. She's, like, the ex-girlfriend of this one guy that was involved. And then it turns out that she's, like, substituting this chick in some of her memories for her younger, terminally ill sister. So what happened is she took her younger, terminally ill sister, like, out for, like, one night of fuck around and have fun because she was about to die. And her parents were, like, crazy Jesus freaks and, like, would, like, make them kneel on glass and say prayers and stuff um her mom was a freako oh yeah so she has like she has like a lot of like parental abuse and then like her mom would blame jessica beal for her sister's illness like saying that like you were you took so much out of me when you were born that you made your sister sick and like stuff like that so um it was really fucked up and like so jessica beal takes her terminally ill sister like out for a night of fuckery because her sister wants that and so like they wind up with this guy that jessica beale's been hanging out with who maybe she shouldn't be hanging out with because he's kind of bad news um and the terminally ill sister meets one of his friends who's like actually a really nice guy who's just kind of hanging around the wrong people too and like they have like this really crazy night together and jessica beale gets super drugged by the shitty guy and the shitty guy like has sex with her, but also has another guy have sex with Jessica Biel. So she was, like, being raped by this other guy. And, like, her sister at the same time was having sex with this guy that she was really into. But then she dies because she's terminally ill. So While the, they're having sex? Yes. So the guy, like, stops. Wait, seriously? And freaks that out was a joke. He, no. And he tries to save her life. He tries to save her sister's life. But she like she's beyond saving and he's like doing compressions on her chest and like cracks her rib cage and like i think this song is playing during that and like though you see a lot of like the image of the wallpaper being used yeah um wait so so the guy who she killed was he one of those guys he was the he was the nicer guy 
who killed her terminally ill sister on accident during sex. With his dick. With, he killed her with his dick. <laughs> he was banging his dick on her chest and broke her rib cage? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? So she went into like cardiac arrest during sex, and she died, and he tried to resuscitate her by doing compressions. So he's really good at sex. Like I feel like that's the story for the oh, boys. Wait, you know what I mean? Like, I literally, my, nice. dick, my dick is so toxic. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jessica Beale's character, who brought her sister to this place that she shouldn't have, watches her sister die... Hears her sister's chest get broken during compressions while she realizes that she's also being raped by this other guy because she's been like super drugged up. So she just has like all these fucked up memories about it. Um, and like the night's kind of a blur. And then, so the nice guy who she winds up murdering in the first episode of the show, well, quote unquote, nice guy, nicer guy, um, it's not exactly a high bar. His father finds out about the whole thing and to like cover it up. He takes, like, he buries Jessica Biel's sister's body and then takes Jessica Biel and, like, just drugs her and drugs her and drugs her until she can't remember what happened. And then Mm. he, like, throws her out on the street somewhere for her to get discovered again. Um, So Jessica Biel goes through life thinking her character, well, her character does, thinking that um, she's, like, this druggie who got her sister killed and, like, that's what she carries with her. And then come to realize that she was the one who was forcibly drugged, and it was by this guy who was actually, like, protect in a twisted way, trying to protect his son's future by right. covering up the whole thing. Um, uh, so, yeah, that's I am, what I am more than okay not watching that. It was that, all really fucked up. It well, sounds... I mean, basically, there was it was the song mm-hmm. and rape. And then, like, the, the wallpaper so, had like, to do they, with they, the room they, in which she was raped and also the room in which she was held captive by the guy's dad being drugged mm-hmm. continually. So. Wow. Yep. Doesn't what? sound like I need to watch that. Not well, just because don't. it's dark, but I don't know. Sounds... I just don't want to see Jessica Biel act that. Right. Yeah, she's not capable of it. <laughs> she gets better towards the end once, like, the rest of the pieces of her memory start coming together, but she just could not play a character that was not whole at all. She was not capable of that. Poor thing. And young Jessica Biel is just Jessica Biel. They dress her up younger and like try to make her look younger. And she's supposed to be like 19. It does not work at all. It's bad. I love when they do. <laughs> it's so bad. I don't. And it's We're just as so bad when they try to make younger actors look older too. I always yeah. think of the in the Harry Potter in the last movie when they do the flash Ugh, forward. So and bad. I'm, like it's, I don't know how they thought that worked. Like I don't know how they were watching dailies and like, yeah, man, they look like they're forty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally buying this. <laughs> it probably would have been cheaper to find someone else to play them. They don't yeah, have to pay those kids. T- dumb moviegoers would be like, who's this guy? Do they recast Harry Potter? Where's the scar? <laughs> <laughs> so what, what else you got, Kelly? Um, I'm also... Well, we'll stick with like Netflix stuff right now. I The End of the Fucking World, I watched, and I loved that show. And this stars 
the kid from Black Mirror, correct? Is that the show? Yeah, from that episode we hate. Yeah, the episode we hate. Um, Shut Shut Up and Dance is the name of that episode. It is. He's so good in this, though. That's really interesting. Because he wasn't bad in that episode of Black Mirror. It, it was just, just the whole concept of that episode was flawed because he is supposed to be an older dude that, like, has sex like with Like a them. pedophile. Yeah, like a, yes, a pedophile. And, and he looks like he, a kid. Right. And just the whole, con- the whole like, emotional hit at the end was not effective because of that. It was just bad casting. I it wasn't the actor's fault. he was fault. a kid the whole time. Right, right. So anyway, end of the fucking world. But he's world. great in it. And the girl, the main girl, I mean, I've never seen her in anything. She's hilarious. And, I mean, it's like a super dark comedy about, like, it's almost like a coming-of-age story, but really dark because he thinks he's a psychopath. Mm. And so he befriends this girl because he wants to kill her. Like, she's going to be his first kill. And she befriends him because she's like, I think I could fall in love with him. And they're both really fucked up, and they kind of the kid hates his dad and so they they're like screw it we're gonna leave town and just never come back kind of a thing mm-hmm. and like on their journey they get into some hijinks yes <laughs> and it's it's just so good it's so good i definitely recommend it it's only like 10 episodes and i think they're only 30 minutes it's not super long so it's an easy one to get through but if you like really dark comedies it's great it's interesting because obviously it's a TV show. Murder and but, but the whole idea that he thinks he is a serial killer or a sociopath proves that he isn't one. Because like someone that is right. like that doesn't know that they well, are. Well, like he he kills like animals and stuff, like early signs of psychopaths do. Like he has no Wait, feeling. That's bad. Killing animals. <laughs> I got some splaining to do. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Wacky no, Shay. <laughs> Killing animals. So wacky. But it's, Bathing it's in their blood. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not a good sign. If you're doing that, you should seek help. I'm not killing them, just like torturing them emotionally. Like, bad, you're a bad dog. <laughs> no, is that why Beamer always looks so sad and scared? No, of course not. Uh, but yeah, so that one's great. And then I started Atypical, which I loved. There's two seasons out now, and it's kind of like cheesy. It's like a family comedy, but it's really good. It's about this kid who has um, autism, and it's kind of like a dysfunctional family mm-hmm. kind of show. And like the mom and dad have issues, and the sister's really weird, and he's got autism, and just like how he navigates his life, and I don't know. It was just really cute. Like, the main guy I really liked, like, the little kid. He's great. What is that? I mean, he's a high schooler. He's not a little kid. Yeah, he looks so young, though. Yeah. He's like a baby. But he's just precious. I don't know. It was really cute. And the only thing that's hard about it is, is it Jennifer Jason Lee? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's from Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. She's the weird one from Breakfast Club. But she's the mom, and it's really neat. She's hard to look at. She's had so much plastic surgery done. Like, she's... And her character is also so hateable. Right. Like, like she's kind of supposed to be, but it's hard. Like, I kind of want to fast forward her scenes, but. Yeah, I've walked in and out in a lot of times when she's on screen. And it's like, without seeing the show, hearing about some of the stuff that she does on the show makes me hate her. Yeah. Like, it's one of those where, not necessarily where it seems like they're trying to make you root for her, but trying to make you have sympathy for her. 
And going just from the snippets of it I've seen, I would have a hard time being sympathetic for her. Yeah, she was she was also in um, that Tarantino movie, The Western. She was. What was that movie called? The Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, she was in that. That as was well. a fun movie. She was. I she was good that in was that. Her. Yeah, she was good in that movie. <gasps> now that makes okay, okay. I totally yeah. forgot that was her. Okay. She's pretty good then, because this character is totally different. Oh, for sure. Right. Right. Um. Yeah. So then. Yeah. Um, I also started Veep. Because we, you paid for HBO Behind My Back to watch. Oh, because I was watching <laughs> um, uh, Sharp Objects. Right. And you I didn't tell the- me we had HBO because otherwise I would have been watching a bunch of HBO stuff. Well, I already A bunch of porn. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, they, they don't even have porn on there. They have like two. It's like softcore Yeah, movies. they have like two softcore movies and they're both very <laughs> lame because believe you me, I was curious and I fast forwarded through Ew, some of it. Did. Of course. So Gross, weird. Why, I was curious. It's been a really <laughs> long time since. No, dude, right it's now. been a really long time since I've watched a softcore like oh, Showtime okay. HBO Ooh. porn. Cause I thought you were going to have like, a, a different ending no, to that sentence. Hell no. <laughs> it's, but like, it's been like, a really long time. <laughs> like, <laughs> like in high school with friends or whatever, you you, you watch some of that you stuff. It happens. Friends? Yes, of course. You're curious. You're not. Kyle, you're not, did you do that? Uh, one time ever. You're not doing that's anything. So awkward. Kelly, I know, that's why I never did it again. anything when you watch it. You just watch it. Well, God, I hope you weren't circling. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Please don't. This is a family podcast. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> I hear you record this thing all oh, Well, actually, no. this is a family podcast. <laughs> it is now. Because it's only <laughs> two brothers and now it's two brothers and his wife and their right. in- incoming baby alien Your child baby. is, is right here and it knows what you're saying <laughs> it, it can start to hear her voices soon yeah i think at like 18 weeks which is so weird um so anyway you had hbo to watch to sharp watch objects Veep. oh sharp objects uh-huh. yes and that was pretty good it wasn't great but it was pretty good and that was a mini series right yes was, was that the one it was with, based on the book was that nicole kidman and reese witherspoon no that was a different one okay. that's big big little lies which you're was right. also great which is that also HBO? Yes. I don't remember. Oh, Sharp Objects is Amy Adams. Amy Adams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the dude from, what's that show with Mindy? Mindy Project? Yeah. The main dude on yeah. that show? Okay. The handsome guy? The hairy, handsome Italian guy? I just guy? think of that show and I think of when you, do the do the theme song to that show or like the little. Oh, I don't remember how it goes. No. I can't do it. Anyway. Um. So that was pretty good. Inside jokes. <laughs> it's fun for everyone. <laughs> By everyone, I mean you only. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, but yeah, Veep is really good. Um, it's got Julia Louis-Dreyfus mm-hmm. and the girl from My Girl. That No one listening to this podcast gives a shit about the chick from My Girl. She's so cute. No one cares. She's all grown up. <laughs> And um, yeah, I mean, she's she's the vice president, and she's her and her team are pretty incompetent, and so it's like about them getting out of all of their screw ups. And it has the youngest son from Arrested Development on it, who is one of my favorite actors. He is of very all time. good. Yeah, he's very good. He's hilarious. He's funny to look at. Like his right. adorable little head is. He cute. looks kind of like uh, Pee Wee Herman a little bit to yeah. me. Oh wait, Buster. Okay. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, he's hilarious. It's funny. 
Um, but you fell off of it. It, it gets kind of repetitive. Hmm. I got through, like, season four, and it's just, I don't know. It kind of all became the same thing. Well, she... they're in another hijink they got to get out of, and then that's the end of the episode. I mean, that sounds like a television show, yeah. It just got repetitive. Yeah. Does she stay the vice president, or does it become... Do you want a spoiler Peep. alert? Peep. They don't change it to Pete, but... <laughs> <laughs> so um, crazy yeah. stuff happens. I mean, I- I'm probably not going to watch it. It Not because I'm not interested, because it certainly looks funny and it's got a bunch of Emmys and stuff. It was more just because it was on HBO she and I didn't know we had HBO. So. And, then... and then you started watching it without telling me. and yeah. No, I watched, I told you about Veep. You said you didn't want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm watching Castle Rock on Hulu, which is a horror show Stephen King. Stephen King and J.J. Abrams. Abrams. Yeah. And mm. you watch the trailer for it, and you're like, hell yeah. And I was actually scared because it looks terrifying, and Shay won't watch it with me because he doesn't like horror anything. You baby. Nope. Yeah. Well, I just don't enjoy it. It's that. not nearly as scary as the trailer makes it out to be. So that, like, if you're wanting to watch, like, something really spooky and scary, you're going to be disappointed. But I'm okay with it because that means that I can actually watch it and not be terrified. And not just cover your face. Yeah. I mean, there's like a couple jump moments, but for the most part, it's really not that scary at all. Um, But it is really good. Mm. It's got um, Sissy Spacek in it, who's from Carrie. Mm -hmm. And um, the main dude played Pennywise in the recent It movie. Skarsgård. Oh, yeah. That dude looks. Skarsgård? He Skarsgård, Skarsgård. Like he belongs as an <laughs> well, actor and he, in a horror And he movies. plays like yeah. the creepy kid. I mean, yep. his character's name is The Kid so far because we don't know his name. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really good. It's This kid shows up in a prison and it's just a bunch. It's kind of like all of Stephen King's like weird things happen to this town. So like people can hear voices and, and people can, I don't even know. It's just, it's really creepy and it's good. Is it supposed to be it based on, um, oh, God, what is that prison from the movie The Rock? Um, the prison's uh, called Shawshank. Okay, so, yeah. So it's got a lot of, like, little, what are the East, Easter eggs? What are they called? Eggs? Sure, Easter eggs. You know eggs. what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Like, the whole thing has references kind of to all of Stephen King's, like, famous but it's not it does it take place in the real world because there is not a shawshank prison right well it's in maine but it's it's in like a fictional town okay in maine where like just shit happens to this town it's all terrible kyle you're thinking of alcatraz alcatraz yeah because the the rock is alcatraz right Mm. right okay but this is is just fictional prison shawshank redemption was that alcatraz i think the prison was called shawshank wait in Shawshank Redemption, the prison was Shawshank? I think so. I didn't think that <clears throat> I don't know a lot about Stephen King. I just know a couple Shawshank Redemption was not a Stephen King movie. Yes, it was. Was it really? Yeah. I had to look it up, too, because I didn't oh. think so either. It doesn't seem like his kind well, of Well, it he was Shawshank of- Redemption was shot in the Ohio State Reformatory, apparently. Ooh. Um, where is the jail? Uh, yeah, it's just it's a fictional prison, which they filmed in Ohio. Which I didn't okay. realize until well, just go. now. So there you go. A tidbit of knowledge. This is what it's people come to the Shades Everything movie. podcast for. Useless facts you'll never use again. <laughs> Shawshank Redemption is a very good movie. It's just not one of the best movies of all time like people like to say it is. Yeah. That, that's 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 my, my view on it. It's a great movie. It is. It is a very good movie. 
great. Very, it is very good. <laughs> it's super good. <laughs> so, is that kind of all? That's all the stuff you had watched solo, right? Yes. Because I mean, well, that that's quite a hefty amount because you've only you basically like when you get home from work, you lay on the couch or you lay in bed and watch TV shows. That makes me sound like a piece of shit. No, it's because you're like I'm you're growing, growing a, human. a human being inside of you, and that is it's it's sucking the life from your body, literally. So crazy. Yeah. Not, <laughs> no, there's no negativity at all about that. It's just glad you're starting to feel a little bit, a little bit better, a little more active. Back. Yeah. Kelly, what do you feel about being called preggers? Do you like I mean, the word preggers, or do you not like preggers? I think it's stupid. Okay. Personally. What about pregs? That I like that better. Or prego. Yeah. I like prego. Prego. Lego my prego. I don't know. I feel like preggers gets overused, and people are like trying yeah. to be cute with it, and it's annoying. It's like it's like hubby. I yeah. hate yeah. that word more yeah. than yeah. anything. I agree. Preggers. It's like sorority yeah word like, yeah preggers. the girls that have the shirt that says preggers when they're pregnant right right Ugh. prego yeah, you, to you me, know what kind of mom they're gonna be <laughs> i i associate words <laughs> with other words like if, if if someone would say preggers what are the other words they would say and i feel like hubby's a good example when i yeah. think of prego like the kind of person that would use like prego is like a little uh not like a little hippie a little like retro like i could feel somebody like somebody that would say prego is also someone that would use rad unironically and yeah. anyone like that i i would like yes because i try to i try to use rad unironically and i feel like i can't totally pull it off it's just such a good word unironically rad. rad is yes there's unironically. a girl whose podcast i listen to and her son's name is rad and i think that's really cute that's nope no that's adorable rad dude 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 thing? Rad, Rad Castle. Castle. <laughs> Rad fucking Castle. If that That's kid like, isn't like some sort of a supermodel or a movie star, I don't know what. Rad I Castle. Like I don't really want my or child to be a supermodel or a rock star or a movie you star. You don't want your kid to be successful? No, I don't want them to be famous and dumb because of it. Why do Who they have to be, be dumb? dumb? Because the majority of supermodels and rock stars and famous celebrities are dumb, Kelly. Yeah, but our kid would be the exception. All right. <laughs> Shay, that's just the majority of people. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it just gets worse when you give them money and fame. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so some stuff we've actually been watching together as well, because we're, we're, we're not going to keep Kelly around for the whole podcast so she doesn't have to listen Don't to worry, us talk guys. about video games and video soon. game news. Don't be like that. <laughs> Love having you here. Um, so we have continued to watch Ultimate Beastmaster, so I wanted to get your quick takeaway. I feel like you probably are on the same page as I am about Ultimate Beastmaster versus American Ninja Warrior. But I wanted you to validate my opinion on the difference between those two shows. Okay. What? <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to like tell me what. Oh, okay. No. Just with it, American Ninja Warrior like, yeah. likes to manipulate. Exactly. And it's all about... The, the backstories and... But I will say... Now that I'm pregnant and oh, incredibly emotional, <laughs> I sob like a baby at anything. And so, and it actually feels really good. It's like therapeutic. So, <laughs> so maybe I, you should I, go back I've and watch always, American Ninja I've Warrior. I've always enjoyed it. Like, I know it's manipulative, but I've always enjoyed it. I just don't care. Like That's I, fine. And I get why you don't care. Like, it makes sense. I just, I don't hate it. Yeah. 
And something about Ultimate Beastmaster. But like, what makes it so great though is when they tell you this like so this gut wrenching backstory on them, right? And it's so like long, and just you're crying, yep. and then they go and they fall Fail in, like, on the, the first, first obstacle, and they fall hard. <laughs> See, and, that's like, my favorite part. That's just brilliant, <laughs> right? But yeah, Ultimate Beastmaster like cuts out all of that. Yes, it's, and it's it, too serious though. It does take itself it's too seriously. I agree. I do because, and part of it's because a lot of the hosts suck. Like yeah. the American hosts, I don't enjoy because they're not that funny. But even the the, I mean, it's it's cultural. It's different cultures and the way that they look at humor and that kind of thing. Like I look at a lot of the other countries and they're very jokey, and I think it is very very lame. But in that culture, that style might be like I look at when they had um, South Korea on and Japan on last season. Like they're kind of really over the top, slapsticky. Humor was painful to me, but in that culture, they love that shit. And so it makes sense why there's that differentiation there. I will say I like the whole aspect of it being like countries pitted against each other. It feels like a like a world war, but for fun. World war stupid. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I, I, I enjoy watching it. It was one of those where like. We don't really want to watch more than an episode or two at a time. and They're long. They are very long. Yeah. I mean, I think they're an hour, but that's they, a long time for that sort of show. They feel longer than that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and we've continued to watch our other competition shows. So, so You Think You Can Dance ended. And I had said last episode, we were in the finale. It was down to the top four. I said it was going to come down to two girls. And it was very obvious. And it did. The one that won isn't the one I would have chosen. I liked the other girl more, but I think either of them were a really great choice. Yes. Did you feel differently? Like, this, the girl that did win, you liked more, right? Yes, I kind of, I liked the girl that should not have made it better. Okay, the, Genesee? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know she won, like, the other girls were better than right. her, but I just, I liked her better. It was an underdog so type of thing. So then at that point, like, I knew the two, I mean, the two girls that made it should have made it, yes. and they were both incredibly talented. And I thought, I kind of feel like with you, though, with Jensen being the girl that I wish had won. Yeah. I just felt like she, it's tough. Because the girl that won, Hanalei, she's this really tiny girl, and she did a lot of, like, badass dances and, like, really wowed a lot of people, and just very versatile across all the different styles. Jensen, I thought, was the same. She also did a lot of badass stuff and was amazing at every style thrown her way. She just had an extra element of personality to the me that Hannah Light. Yeah, yeah, that kind of indefinable quality that I felt like she had a little bit more of than Hannah Lay did. But America votes, and I guess they kind of connected more with Hannah Lay. She was a little bit more like cutesy girl versus Jensen. Part of it's because Jensen is very is good nice looking. It's nice to not have a blonde white person. Exactly. Win <laughs> yes, and that that was going to be my point. Like Hannah, I felt a little bit more the kind of person for, for good or bad. Like America's sick of the kind of person that America would want to pump up because she's. I think she's Hawaiian and Asian, maybe. Um. I don't remember. I don't know. But anyway, Jensen was very white. <laughs> as so, white as they come. Right, as white as they come. Like me. But yeah, that's it, it, such a phenomenal show. I wish there were more shows that folk, the more dancing shows that were about the dancing versus World of Dance, which is more about J-Lo's ego. And then God, Dancing with the show. Stars, which is more about the stars and who gives a shit about that. So I wish there were more dancing shows um, that I cared do. about dancing. I actually do want to watch that show. Okay, have fun. I'll watch it by myself. Go ahead. <laughs> 
and then Project Runway. We're down to oh. the finale of that as well. I feel like this has been a really good season. Um, there's there's a the the one person who is obviously going to win deserves to win but it is one of those where like he's been on the top the entire time he's won a ton of challenges he's been like the it guy and so it takes a little bit of the drama away because it's so obvious that he's gonna win i kind of felt like the previous season was like that too yeah but the previous season the bar was so low it was yes and this one there's actually a A lot lot of a better better designers for sure yeah um and then we finished seinfeld which was sad yeah, it, it's. I'm so bummed. I didn't realize there are, there are a. I feel like the majority of people, this might be wrong. I feel like the majority of people I talk to, in my daily life, hate that show. Actively hate that show, and it breaks my heart. I didn't know those people existed oh, legitimately. The the majority of people that I talk to, my family, which breaks my heart. Wow. Um, and everybody I work with now, because I have. So, I mean, Seinfeld, is brilliant like it's it it is the greatest comedy show of all time and it's nowhere near close it is a million miles better than it anything makes else. me sad and i think well because my family's reason which makes me angry is they're like jerry's not a good actor and I'm that's like, part of that's the, the that's point. yes that's part they're of like, the charm he smiles at everything i'm like do you guys not get the point of the show but anyway, they're just Seinfeld is for smart people. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Her family's very smart. If you don't like smart. Seinfeld, that's how you know you're dumb. And and <laughs> I and I love your family. My obviously, dad likes it. some of their <laughs> taste in shows is questionable. They will watch any BBC yes. murder show. They love BBC shows, shows, and they love a lot of bad BBC no. shows. Yes, we've watched a couple of just them that no, they have recommended, that one, and they've all given sucked. It more of a no, chance. it was bad. No. I mean, bad. any of those you scroll through Netflix and you're like, what is this shit? They all look the same. My parents have probably watched yes. all of them. Yes. Seinfeld. But it's very good. It's great. So, and we've also mentioned that we've been watching The League because it's football season. And the more I watch of it, it's far more crass and certainly not as intelligent of a show. But I feel like in a lot of ways it's like a modern Seinfeld just in its subject matter because it's it also like they like to give a name for everything yeah. like it different, me of different kinds of people different relationships they create words to describe things that are very common social mores but like, they're so crass like yes the it fear is, boner yes. it's like it's like seinfeld and adding uh it's always sunny in philadelphia like okay. it's that kind of thing but it's also because they're all assholes much like all the characters on seinfeld i mean yes. kramer's not an asshole he's just an insane person but <laughs> yes it is, it is, I feel like The League is a lot like Seinfeld in a lot of ways, and so it makes sense why I like it so much, um, not just because it's about fantasy football and that's fun, although it is really interesting to watch The League because it was on air at a time where fantasy football was starting to get more popular, but was certainly not as pervasive as it is today, and so whenever they talk about it, it's always in more layman terms, or like the way their league is structured or the questions they ask about, oh, should I start this guy or this guy? The way it's framed, it's very dumbed down because most people watching it weren't necessarily fantasy football players. They like, were just I watching a funny show. Yeah, before was, you played. Yeah. And you still liked it. I loved it. Yeah. But it's mainly because of Nick Kroll right. and... And Rafi. El Bro- Jason Brolo. Manzuka. Jason Manzukis. Yeah. Zukas. He's, He's very, very funny. 
Yes, and Nick Kroll is also very, very funny, which is still weird to me that he was in that Operation Finale movie that I talked about, I think it was last episode, and it's a serious movie. He plays a very, like, it's not a serious character or a comedic character. It's just kind of a middle-of-the-road guy, and it was just, like, very jarring to see him in that type of thing, given everything else I've seen him in is very over-the-top comedy. Anyway. Wait, Kyle, I know you weren't a fan of The League. Did you ever listen to that podcast how did this get made no i think you would find it hilarious it ha- it's paul Shear, um who is you did watch some of the league right i watched like an episode when i was with okay. you one time so the bald guy with the gap tooth i don't remember much of it okay Okay. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen him in other things. He's played yeah. a lot of funny roles. But it's three he, of them. Yeah, and he hosts it. Jason Manzoukas, who plays Rafi, who's like this really hairy, I guess, I don't know if he's supposed to be Latino in that show, but he's kind of ethnically ambiguous looking. I he was like Middle Eastern. In real life, maybe. I don't know. But in that show, he's supposed to be. Uh, oh, yeah. Anyway, the, the, the concept of the podcast is that it's the three or four people, the three of them, because well, it's Paul Shear's wife. Yes, and Paul Shear, and then they have a they have a guest. And it's episode. it's about terrible movies, and they just rag on them the whole time. And it's like, how did this get made? Right. And it's they they do a lot of Nick Cage movies, so you would probably love that, Kyle. <laughs> the Con Air is one of my favorites. No, I I know how all of those movies got made. <laughs> it's not it's not literally how they got made. I, yeah, it's, it's more about like. like how was how did it this like this? <laughs> right. Con Air is one of my favorite ones because Paul Shear's wife loves movies that take place on an airplane because she's like, the stakes cannot be higher. <laughs> Literally and figuratively, the stakes cannot be higher than you are on an airplane. Space. And so any any thriller that is on an airplane, she loves it. And it's yeah. it's just very funny she's to like, hear her insane. talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> you should give that a listen. Yeah. And then finally... And then we'll, we'll say goodbye to Kelly and hand it over to you, Kyle, so you can finally talk about some stuff. We started um, Handmaid's Tale Season 2. So we okay. had watched the first season like a year ago, really liked it. It was very dark and depressing. One, because of the way it's shot. It's very slow, and I don't mean that in a necessarily negative way, but also because it's not that like I could see this type of thing happening in real life because I think there are too many forces that would prevent it, but it's realistic enough to where you could imagine a scenario where this would happen in real oh, life. Oh, it absolutely could happen. No. And because the world's yes, so fucked could. up right now, that kind of thing is a little less attractive to me in a show because the world sucks in so many ways. I yeah. don't need to see another way that it could potentially suck. You need suck. some more escapism. Yeah, and not positivity in escapism, but even if it's going to be another dark show... It's like radically enough, removed yeah, from reality. enough well, I mean, fantasy to it. If you're a man it. in this world, you're, you're living a pretty good life. That's not necessarily true. I'm not saying they have it as bad as the women do, but it's not like it's all roses for everybody. Most men, it's pretty rude no it's only that's, that's the point of the show it's that's like the, kinda... only the perspective you are seeing in the men on that show are the men that have privileges you aren't seeing normal oh. men that live there no <sighs> we don't need to get in a whole fucking thing about this i don't need to own you on feminism yet again kelly I own you on feminism all the time. Shay, it's not the hand man's tale. It's the handmaid's <laughs> right. tale. I, I will say, and, and like, it, it's the way the show is, and it's it's deliberate, but this show hates men. Like, 
it hates men. It isn't just the men on the show, but the way that it frames everything is about how men are awful. Well, the- even the good men are still awful. And is that- it wrong though? Y- yes, yes, Ooh, it is. Kyle. Kyle, he's playing. <laughs> he's playing the character right now. I like the character. <laughs> the kidding. character of me. No, but what's so fat? What I think is really fascinating about the show is that it's so like relevant right now with everything that's kind of going on in the world with like right. women's issues. Yeah. And the book, the fir- like the first season is based on the book that was written in like '85. And you read it, right? Or yeah. you know, you listened to it. It still counts. It's not quite the same, but yes, you listened to the audiobook. Yes. And it was really, really good. You did the dumb version of read the book. Dude. It was really good. Anyway, I enjoyed it thoroughly. And, oh, and Margaret Atwood is the author of the book. And she also wrote Alias Grace, which Uh is another Netflix show that I do highly recommend that I also watched that I didn't list. But it's really good. Kyle, I think you and Kara would enjoy it. It's more of a period thing, right? Period Movie? Yeah, but it's about murder. Of course. And it's re- it's really good. Yeah. Um, but the reason it took us so long to dive into season two is more on me. Just because it's so dark and so realistic, I needed to be like in the right mood I mean, to it pick it heavy. back up. It's a heavy show. And so I was in the right mood the other night. So we, we started, we only watched a couple episodes, so we're still pretty early on. And it's still that. I mean, it is amazing. I don't want to undersell it. Elizabeth Moss is absolutely phenomenal in this show. Yes. Really, all the actors are. But the story of it's very interesting. And learning all the little details about how things used to be is also... And, like, they're focusing in season two a lot more on the transition of, like... Because the conceit of the show is... Most vast majority of women can no longer have children, and so there's a big military coup where this religious sect takes over the government through, like, murdering all the politicians, and it's this very Christian-based religion where they say that they are highlighting the women that can have babies, but basically they are sex slaves. Well, not sex slaves because it's not for pleasure, but it's like the women that can bear children become slaves where their only existence is to have children. And so they're passed around from house to house of the military leaders. And they like the dudes have sex with these fertile women while like holding hands with their wife and like looking at their wife in the eye. Like they basically are using the fertile woman as a literal sex doll it's so fucked up like i said uh, realistic enough where like it's really uncomfortable to watch but because it's so dark it's taken us a long time to get into it um to get back into it here season two is better in the fact that it's more like it's not as dark and heavy because it's more hopeful, I think. And it, it seems to have say. a little bit more of a story. The first season, more action. The first season was a little bit more, this is the world and this is this person's perspective on the world and we're just going to kind of live with her yeah. throughout the season. And this, it seems like there's a little bit more, because there's like a resistance movement that she's getting involved in. Like there's a little bit more momentum to the story, which I think is helps yeah. it feel not so slow and... And I wonder if we're going to see any more cameos because 
what's her face was in like oh yeah Marissa Tomei she was in an episode and it was very oh. random she had like five to ten lines and Weird. guaranteed this was a case because this is a very feminist show and so I'm guaranteed this was a case of like she saw the first season and called her agent was like hey I need to be a part of this in some way and so they they wrote her in with this small role it was which so is cool. random yeah I mean Marissa Tomei is a pretty good actress I'm sure she can get into almost anything that she wants yeah. I know Kara's been watching Handmaid's Tale. She's currently oh, laying really? on the floor behind me. Let me ask her. Hey, future wife. <laughs> how do you like Handmaid's Tale? Right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the response was, it's pretty good. <laughs> so there you go. Well, we'll have to have her guest on a, on a future podcast so we can hear a little bit more in detail. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right. I mean, that's kind of everything we've been watching together, yeah? I think so. So, after 50 minutes, which was much longer than we originally anticipated. Oh, I, I so go. this is a perfect time to, to let Kelly go, because our dog's barking at somebody <laughs> at the door. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yay. Okay, Thanks I'm going to go figure out who Bye, Kelly. Me. Okay. Bye, Kyle. <laughs> well, that's fun. Um, yeah, I guess uh, it's an awkward departure. Apologies for that. Uh, and it was like... We were worried figuring out how we wanted to go about this because I only have one microphone. And so Kelly and I are kind of like huddled around the same microphone and my back already hurts from like leaning over the whole time. Well, I'm sure her back is going to hurt a lot more in the near future. So you (laughs) can just get over it. You're not wrong. We're now where we can go back to our regularly scheduled programming. So Kyle, (laughs) I'll, uh, I'll hand it to you since we're already talking about stuff we've been watching. What kind of stuff have you been watching lately? Um, I have one note. Uh-huh. And that is some anime crap. Yeah, okay. That's all I've been watching. <laughs> Just some anime crap. Any more detail? Is it like a lot of the same shows we've it's talked It's the same about shows that are ongoing, yeah. Kara okay. and I tried like a couple new ones just to see if we could get into something new and they weren't great. So, give me remind me, give me a couple of names. Um My Hero Academia, Overlord that one 3. I had, yeah. okay. Um Blah, 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 blah. How to Keep a Mummy is over now. Um, I'm watching... That's How, a good title. How Not to Summon a Demon Lord. That one is less good. <laughs> but the show is great. <laughs> um, uh, da, 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 da. Crap, what is the... What is the other one I'm watching? I bet it's I something Japanese. It is. <laughs> I've not been keeping up with Darling and the Franks recently ah, i right. fell behind on that one so that's too bad man how, how are those franks dude the, they're darling <laughs> they're like darling it. um well i guess the only other thing i've been watching and then you can talk about some video games i did start season five of agents of shield yeah so i appreciate you talking about that last episode and reminding me i'm maybe four or five episodes in the story has yet to like really pick up. It's kind of more just establishing the new status quo for the characters and the new characters that are on the show. Right. I really like Deke, the new guy. He's kind of the like Han Solo sort of smarmy smuggler cheap yeah. guy who like. I really like Deke too. Like they yeah. they do some really fun comedic stuff with him. Right, and he just he has the right energy for the show. Yeah, the, there's a new girl Tess. I think her name is. I don't. I like her less. I just don't. Uh, it sounds rude to say. I don't. I'm not convinced yet that she's that good of an actress, which I think is part of it. 
Um, but she hasn't been as involved as Deke has up until this point. The rest of the new characters, like the new villain guy who's a Cree, I could kind of take or leave. He's one of those very ethereal, yeah, mustache twirling villain types. Yeah, he overacts it's just kind of generic. Yeah. yeah, I mean that, that's kind of the character, but yes, it is. It's a little over dramatic. Yeah, you you learn a little bit more about him and his backstory, right? Um, which puts some of the ways in which he acts in context. Um, okay, but yeah, you I'll... you you learn a little bit more about Deke too, which which I really enjoyed. Cool. I'll say up until this point, well, I'm not, I guess I should say I'm not sure how I feel about this yet, but I do feel like this season has a lot more tongue in cheek than previous seasons. Yeah. And I think it's, it's cause like so much insane shit has happened on this show that like them being captured and going, cause I found out that they're in the future. So them going and going, they're now on a space jail in space by the Cree in the future. Like that's not crazy. Right. Compared to some other stuff that's happened. Because they literally so, came like directly from the framework and were right. put almost directly in this place. <laughs> yes. And I mean, dealing with the other villains and stuff that they, they've had before with Ghost Rider and um, Husk or whatever that dude's name, where they, had, they just had the excuse to bring back that dude from the first season. What was that villain's name? Do you remember? Was it Husk? Something like that. Something like that, yeah. Cocoon or something. Anyway, just a lot of fucking crazy shit has happened on this show. And so this isn't, this doesn't seem crazy to the viewers. And so they're not leaning into that on the show. Like, this isn't crazy for the characters either. It's just like same shit, different day kind of uh, attitude they have about it, which I think is very smart. Because if they tried to make it like, oh my God, we're in the future, it would be like, okay, you guys were in the past and you lived in a computer simulation. You did like being in the future is nothing for you guys. Yeah. So this, I, this I is like more like, it. damn it, we're in the future. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like it's an inconvenience. Yeah. Um, it, it, I, cause I, I love all the characters and how the, all the different dynamics so much. And it's such a cheesy show. Like a lot of the storylines are really obvious and the writing can be very cheesy but i still just love it i wouldn't call it like a trash show like one of those trash shows that i love to watch it's not quite there yeah it's not trash it's still like decent but it 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 isn't that high quality of a show compared to a lot of the shows that i watch yeah but there's just something about it man that i just like i'm excited to watch it yeah it's just it's just fun yeah it's a fun show and like it's it's easy it's easy to like get attached to the characters, for sure. Yeah. Um, so what what happened in the last episode you watched? Um, that's a great question. I was just watching it yesterday, and I've already forgotten the specific cliffhanger. So maybe it was that they just found out they're in the future, which was really obvious. Um, I mean, they know. Oh, oh, that uh, we know that the voice that was coming through the transmission we found out is Deke's dad. Okay. Or he he says it's his dad. Um, we haven't explored that yet, and we know that the main bad guy wants to get off the station, and so he has um, Daisy. I keep wanting to call her Sky. Still, he has Daisy and the dude that can read minds, and mm-hmm. they're getting ready to pit them all against each other so that people will buy the Inhumans. That's kind of what's happening. Okay. So- Okay, so I think next episode there's a 
kind of a reveal that happens next episode. Oh, that was or, the that was the that was the cliffhanger. Was, yes, was Fitz. Fitz. Okay. Um. Yeah. He takes off his mask and he's like, "Yeah, you should kill Daisy." And it was. It's like a what? Okay. How is he still alive? Right. Yeah. And why get... doesn't he look super old? Right. Yes. He didn't. He he didn't get sucked into the monolith that took them to the future. He was the one that was left behind. Okay. Uh, so this isn't a spoiler, yeah. but like next episode is about Fitz. Okay. Because Good. like that's an obvious. I've been setup. wondering. That's yeah. an obvious setup. Like. Here's Fitz. Well, what happened? And then, boom! Next right. episode, you find out what's up with Fitz. And I've been wondering really what like was going episode. on with him. Yeah, I, I, I loved I, that episode. I really like his character. I feel like a lot of times they haven't known what to do with him because they kind of he ends up being the one that sits out a lot. Like of the crazy storylines, he's the one that is left behind a lot. Yeah, and I feel like they tried to remedy that in the framework where they made him the big bad in the framework, and that felt a little forced to me. Um, but anyway, I, I really like his character, and I feel so bad for Fitz and Simmons, like because they're in love, obviously, yeah. and I they, mean, they, they make mention of it, but they keep getting pulled apart through yeah. all these stories, and that's clearly a, a recurring theme of the show. So yeah. Anyway, it's really good. Um, how about some video games? So I guess we could start because we both picked up Destiny Two Forsaken. We have yes. not played much of it thus far because we keep putting it off, <laughs> uh, which maybe says all it needs to say about our feelings on Forsaken. But what's what's been your kind of like main feelings so far? I really like the bows. The bows yep. are sweet. Yep. I enjoy those. Like th- there's a lot of new new guns. I don't care for See, because like, I was kind of under the impression that when you pick up a gun, it could kind of go in your primary or your secondary slot yeah. or whatever. But now it's like there are like the same guns that will drop, but it's like the primary version of the gun or mm-hmm. the special version of the gun. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like it's like a crapshoot, which is I think is kind of a bad way of doing it. But whatever. Agreed. Um, but I do like how if you have two kinetic weapons equipped, both in your primary and your secondary slot you don't get special ammo drops. You only get ammo drops for the gun types that you have equipped. Okay. Which is good. I didn't know that. I like that. that. Yeah. Um, uh, or at least that's what my buddy told me. Um, yeah. I, I like well, I like a lot of the new armor. I like the new area. It's just a little it's just a little too drab. So yeah, I do I like not the like new the enemies. New area. I, I guess I, I should say the new the new enemies are good. They are a great variation on the fallen. Yeah, I mean they still fit into all the familiar archetypes, but there's enough stuff about them that is different. That yeah, they're like interesting. The dudes to fight. with the actual shield you have to shoot around that they right. carry, and right. then there's the dudes with like the the swinging fire, fire chain thing. balls where yeah, you the, shoot them and they blow up. The explodey crawly dudes. Yeah. yeah, like the new enemy types I think are are good. I also like the barons. Like they're kind of. They're kind of lame, like the the they're kind of caricature archetypes yeah. of things. But it's it's interesting enough to go and try to chase them. We've taken down two, two or three, I think, I at think. this point. Um, so we're still very early in the story. Yeah. I will say that like the general feedback on this has been really positive. It's like yeah. when the Taken King came out and people were like, they fixed Destiny and then they unfixed it and now they've fixed it yet again. I'm not seeing that yet, but we're not at the end game, which is where I think a lot of people have liked the changes. I'm just not seeing what the fuss is about at this point. It's the story so far has been better than most Destiny story, but most Destiny story has been forgettable at best. And so it's kind of like 
I'm just I'm not seeing what the hype is for this yet. Yeah, I think just in terms of like the daily grind, like mm-hmm. like they made it more accessible for people who just want to hop on for a half an hour a day. That's fair. And still make progress. They made it more accessible in that way, and then it just, it seems like everything ties into everything more cohesively like all of your mats now you don't just trade them in for engrams that don't matter anymore like you use mats for infusion which is a problem i have is like you can't really infuse shit anymore because it's very expensive we we talked about that and kind of and not to put words in your mouth but your kind of look at it is i have all these guns and these armor that i really like i want to be able to bring them forward right that's right i want to be able to make them better and keep using them yeah, and I, I guess, like, and I feel like that's a totally fine perspective to have, but the clear design decision was, we have all this new shit that's going to be just as good, if not better, than your old shit, so just leave the old shit behind. Like, f- play with the new toys that we made. And that's clearly, like, what their perspective was. When it comes to exotics, those are the types of things that I will want to bring forward because right. they're unique. But a random assault rifle, even if I really loved it this whole time through Destiny 2... There's going to be a million new assault rifles that I will also love, and so I don't need to be attached to yeah. the old one. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like all my stuff is exotic, apart from right. the Red Mamba, which right. is the like the P90 equivalent right. um, submachine gun that I really like. I know it's not like a particularly good gun. The P90 is just my favorite gun ever. Yeah. So uh, I just and I like I th- using it, and it's got a and- great name. I think some, like, it's totally fine to want to bring some of that stuff forward. I just, I look at my vault of, like, all these guns, because I used way too many guns, because I had a lot of ones that I liked, and it kept keep the game fresh to be switching them out. Like, every time I played, I had three or four different loadouts that I would switch between. And so, I would love to bring all that stuff forward, but I just don't need to. I can, I'm going to leave it in my vault for now until I get to the end game and really decide on what I want to keep and what I want to get rid of. But I'm like actively forcing myself to not pick up a bunch of my old legendaries. Cause I just, I know there's going to be new stuff that I'll enjoy just as much. Yeah. And like, I only, I'm only keeping like two exotics in each category right. of guns, right. like to still use. I, I have more in my special, um, but that's just cause I have like a couple pursuit weapons that I'm working on, but yeah. So it's I mean, good. Like to- I like it. I, I I like it. It it's good to play more. I like the new enemies. The new area, like we said, is a little colorless and drab. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the structure of it. Like it's a cool idea. I just don't know if they executed it on executed on it all that well. Um, yes. But I've heard that the Dreaming City yes, is like very cool. Is really really awesome. So I'm excited yeah. to get there. I'm I'm definitely excited to get to the end game stuff to like play the new strikes and do the dreaming city stuff and find all the little hidden secrets that I'm sure w- people will continue to uncover. All of that is very exciting. It's just the actual story up to this point of like the main through line isn't like hitting me that hard. It's just right. more destiny, and so I'm kind of like. I, I going into this, I was already like, I'm not totally convinced. I want more destiny right now, and I, I that hasn't changed. I still like. Like, I will play this, but mostly because it's fun to play games with you, Kyle, and and play with Cody with the three of us, not because I'm enjoying my time in Destiny. So maybe that'll change when we get to the end game, but up until now, I would rather be playing other stuff. Yeah. Uh, So what other other games have you been playing? Um, So I did buy Destiny 2 on PC this morning (laughs) because my my friend Solomon and his friends play on PC. All right. And so there are times I've like a couple times a week where I want to play Destiny. Like I would sit down and play some Destiny, but I know you can't. So yeah. I don't play because I don't want to get ahead of you. 
and like right. other stuff. That'll be easier once we finish the story because yeah. then we can play together and we can play independently and it won't matter. Right. And so I want to like because he has like a small clan of just his friends and so he's mm-hmm. been he's been bugging me to get it on PC for like a year now. Um, so I finally just caved in and got it. So I'll be able to like then just play with him and I I've only ever played a hunter. I had like a level five Titan in the first destiny and mm-hmm. that's the only time I've ever not played a hunter. So I'll probably like be a Titan or something on PC. Give me an opportunity oh, okay. to explore like a, a ha- new class and stuff. You haven't started it yet? No. On PC? No, no okay. I, I'm only partway through downloading it. I had to pause it for the podcast, but um <laughs> Okay. It's a it's like an eighty gig download, so yeah. it's really yeah. big. Um but yeah, so I'm a excited is maybe too too uh heavy a descriptor but right I'm looking forward to it um, the game it still plays great yes like playing yeah, the game feels good and so on pc i'm sure like it'll be even better, even better with the yeah. mouse and keyboard stuff so right it definitely makes sense and like i played on his setup for a little bit which i told <laughs> i told him he was like watch it because he cause I, I went over to his house because we went to the renaissance festival yesterday and um so I went over to his uh, new apartment for a little bit, and he was like, the first thing he did when I walked in, he's like, "You want to see some Destiny 2 on PC?" <laughs> I was like, "Fine, just pull it up and show me." And it's just like smooth as butter, frame yeah. rate, everything looks so good. The load times on like, like the shader, right. like switching shaders is instant. Right. It's like oh, the shader previews and like loading in and out of the planets. It's so quick. Oh man. And you can change the FOV too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I know there's a uh, YouTuber, Datto, that I watch a lot of for his, like, tips and tricks and hidden stuff. And he plays primarily on PC now. And so his FOV, it looks really good because it's pulled out a bit like you typically would do in a first-person shooter. But it always looks really weird compared to what it, Destiny looks like when I play it. So, right, because you're just yeah. seeing more. Um, yeah. And, like, he had me sit down at his computer and play a little bit on his setup. And I was like, dude, I don't want to. Like, I don't like to put my hands on someone else's setup. It just feels wrong. I was, I was like, it's that like, sounds it, wrong. I was, like, I was like, it's like jacking off with another dude's dick. It just doesn't feel right. Okay, <laughs> is it? Is that what it's like? I, yes. I don't know. How it's do you that, have that level comparison? of disconnect? It's it's the same. <laughs> um, Kara and I beat Detroit Become Human finally. Okay. Um, it was fine. I I enjoyed the first half a lot more than the second half because in the second half, David Cage really ramps up the one to one analogous slavery mm. stuff, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the con- like he does like concentration camps, which I didn't oh, realize boy. he was gonna do. It they're literally like they're rounding us up and putting us in camps, and then. Yeah. Uh, there's there was one part where like because you're you go to the camps to like rebel against it peacefully and they still like assault you and kill like all the androids and there's only like a few of you left and you have a few choices on what you want to do you can like kiss this chick to like show your humanity and your love for each other or you can like sacrifice yourself or like just lay down or you can sing and we're like well yeah let's sing sure why not <laughs> and they sing they sing like. Uh, like a a slave dirge awesome. together with like harmonies and i was very uncomfortable <laughs> like 
Because I was I was up for it in the first half of the game, and then he just it he took it too far. He took yeah. the comparison too far. Yeah. Um, and it was like, dude, I already got it. Right now, it's uncomfortable. Beating a dead horse at this point. Yes. And like just a lot of the way that the storylines ended up for us and our playthrough, we weren't right. happy with. Okay. Um, and it wasn't necessarily like through fault of our own. It was like huh. you know the game not being better about telling you what certain choices are, like like miss because they have like the shortened versions of everything, like this type of an answer or this type of an answer, and sometimes yep. it like I misrepresents yeah contextually it misrepresented yeah what it was supposed to be so hmm. there that led to a lot of frustration and like we kind of re- we restarted a few segments because of it um, that i feel like is that's like game design law you cannot do that like if yeah. you're gonna have choice in a game that those choices need to be clear not not the repercussions of the choices necessarily but the choice but itself when yeah the choice itself you can't misrepresent i feel like that happened a bit in fallout 4 where it would give because it didn't give you the and actual thing you were gonna say. Yeah, Mass Effect as well. Yes. Yeah. Because um, Fallout and Three, it would it would really have the text of what you were yep. picking. Yeah. Um, because there was no voiced character, so it would just show you yep. the full text. Um, and, and that it, you know, that you, worked fine. You need to do that. Yeah. yeah. If you try to like dumb it down, you're gonna miss some of the subtlety, and that subtlety really matters in those types of games for sure. Right. Um. And then lastly, I started a new thing of Fallout 4 modded, and it's like a really hard mode. So I'm using the mod Agony, which um, it has like increased visual effects for when you get hit. So like if I get hit with a mm-hmm. bullet, it kind of shakes a bit and blurs a little bit as like I take mm-hmm. pain and then like other stuff like that. And it also has a lot of different status effects like that go along with like broken arms or bullet wounds and stuff that you have to cure separately um stim packs no longer restore limb condition so you need like a doctor's bag or a surgery kit which is a new item um you use like clean or dirty bandages and can have repercussions for those things um it doesn't seem like it's working all that well um Hmm. and it's not surfacing a lot of the effects uh in a way that is easy to read like you have to go to your status screen to look at the effects um but it doesn't really like tell you like how to get rid of the effects or anything. So maybe I just need to look at a wiki for it. Um, but I might just get rid of that one. I'm also using fallout 2287 gas masks of the wasteland, which, (laughs) um, you can, there are a few different settings. You can set it to where like every time you're above ground, you need a gas mask. And it's like Metro 2033 where there's like an animation to put the gas mask on, to change your filter, to fix it and all that stuff. Um, and like, you can have it set for any time you're above ground, you need it. And then, like, there's a timer that ticks down where you need to replace your filters. Or, like, only during radiation storms or only in radiated areas. And that's the stuff that I have selected. Um, so that's that's an interesting one. And, like, your as you take damage, your gas mask will get, like, bullet holes in it and stuff, just like in Metro. Okay. Um, I'm also using the 5 times XP until I get to level 20. Because I'm using the mod War of the Commonwealth, which adds thousands of spawn points for different types of enemies right. and groups of enemies. Yeah. So, um, like, the first 20 levels are, like, impossible because you're running into really hard enemies that you just don't have the capability to fight. Um, so that's why I'm using the 5 times XP until I get to level 20, and then I'll go ahead and take that off. Because by that point, I'll 
be able to better handle myself with some of those tougher enemy types. Um, I'm using the cross crit gore, gore overhaul or Gorverhaul. Um, it just has like different gore effects on critical hits. Um, heavy weapon more power because the heavy weapons in Fallout 4 are always really underpowered. Um, so it also increases the damage for enemies using them as well. Um, okay. ENB lights overhaul, enhanced lights and effects, starlight is bright again, NAC natural atmospheric commonwealth. Uh, Trust Storms, uh, or sorry, True Storms, Wasteland Edition, Vivid Weathers. True Storms is really good. I, c- yeah. I played with that on Skyrim, and they ported it over to Fallout, so I'm sure that right. that's a really cool mod. Yeah, and it has just like a ton of different types of like radiation storms and weather right. effects, and right. that ties in with Gas Masks of the Wasteland. So any okay. storms that would give you radiation damage, it's increased if you don't have a gas mask on, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. And then like just like the ENB that I'm playing with is like really bleak, but mm-hmm. like it's kind of like a slightly desaturated but uh, I'm using like a lot of greenery so it still kind of like balances out and it uses like so like interiors are super dark so like you need your pit boy light on like it feels right. more realistic in terms of the lighting in each area especially the interior areas um I'm using floating damage numbers uh just cuz I really like those it lets me know how much damage I'm doing to various enemies or when they're taking damage um, clean power armor HUD because I think the vanilla one's way too busy. Um, swinging animated meat bags. If you don't know <laughs> about this mod, I highly recommend it. So all the mutant- that sounds game changing. Yes, all the mutant meat bags now yeah. swing and they're animated yeah, and they physics. have like they have like a little creak and like a little kind of nice. sounds along with them like they drip blood yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, and I'm using like a couple armor mods and like just a bunch of crafting packs still for all the settlement stuff, but um. Sweet. So, yeah, that's a lot of fun. I've never done Fallout 4 survival mode. And mm-hmm. I feel like maybe I should have tried that first before going for all the modded stuff, but okay. I don't know. I don't know. The, I mean, if you're on PC, the mods are part of the fun. Right. I feel like you got to dive into that. Um, the only other thing I've been playing is a shit ton of Spider-Man. Right. Like a shit ton of it. Uh, I I don't know how many hours I'm in, honestly, but it's got to be like 20 at this point, at least. Um, I The story is a lot longer than I thought. I'm not sure where I am in the story yet. Like, I don't know if I'm a, a halfway through or four-fifths of the way through, but it's there's been a lot more story missions than I anticipated. So I've done most of the side content already. So it's a little, like, unbalanced in that way. And I frankly, I was getting a little burnt out. Not, like, a crazy amount, but on some of the side content, I don't like as other side content. So, like, I really enjoyed finding all the little backpacks, which is basically just need to go to a spot and pick it up. I like taking all the pictures of the landmarks. There are these um, little mini missions where you have to fly around, well, swing around and capture uh, pigeons. Because this guy, that this friend that you have, collects pigeons and you, he they escape, and so you have to go and get them. And that's just a fun like swinging around thing. But there are these challenge missions that are given to you by Taskmaster, who's a villain. And they're all different ones. So there are stealth missions, there are bomb recovery missions, there are combat missions, and all of those feel pretty tedious because you have to get a certain score in order to get more uh. than one token or two tokens or three tokens. And that's just kind of a pain in the ass. The whole tokens system, I don't like. 
it, there's just too much. So because there are so many different kinds of side activities, each one gives you a different kind of token. And so like if you want to unlock a suit or a new gadget or upgrade a gadget, they all use different combinations of different tokens, different amounts of different tokens. And it becomes very confusing to follow. And really only certain tokens are ones that like I need more of. But it's just... I feel like a better system, and I'm not a game designer, but I feel like a better system would be if there was only one type of token, but the different side content gave you different quantities of it. So, like, the really easy thing, like the backpack recovery, gives you one token, but, like, a combat challenge gives you six tokens. And so then when you're buying new gadgets, upgrading the gadgets, buying new suits, you just need 20 tokens or 35 tokens or six tokens. And that way you can play and engage with whatever side content you want to get the things you want. But if you want to get everything, you still have to do everything. I just feel like that would have been a little bit better of a system, a little more, like, user friendly because like oh i want to get this specific suit but i don't want to do that specific type of challenge so i can't get the suit unless i do the challenge and that's just kind of annoying what's the explanation for you getting the suit and stuff you just do it from a menu and then you have it yes that sucks i I feel like it would be better if it like assassin's creed it like original assassin's creed uh or like two or three i guess where there's like a person who is developing this stuff for you and like you could okay. maybe you could trade the tokens in like go there and like you could get new gear and they have like a little thing about it like that would yeah. be cool yes that would there be better. are some because you work with dr octavius early on in the story you're like his intern and there are some gadgets and stuff that he helps develop for you and he gives you your first suit okay but after that it's not there are some story i mean not a spoiler to say because it's obvious he becomes Doc Ock throughout the story and so you are no longer working with him but against him so they couldn't have used him throughout the whole game for that right I see what you're saying yes that would have been a better way of like world building but frankly there's so much going on in this game that I didn't really miss that like I didn't miss that engagement yeah but maybe if it was like a vendor like thinking of God of War like you just go up to the to the dwarven dudes and that's where you buy and you upgrade your stuff or even if Peter now, was making them, like you go back to your house and like you turn those tokens in and there's a little thing where he's at a workbench and he makes the suit. Something small like that, you know, instead of just like yes. ethereal dropping shit into your inventory. Yes. I, yes. You, I agree. Switching I just like we're at a, we're forth. at a point where that feels like that's one oh one. Right. I like being able to switch back and forth whenever I want and like switching out which powers I with special power I want to use whenever I want cuz like a lot of the the combat challenges are like oh you have to take over a base that's run by Fisk's dudes you'll get side challenges inside that challenge which will give you bonus tokens and so some of them might be like oh web six guys in five seconds and there's a power that you can use that he like shoots webs in every direction all at once and so you want to use that power for that one but another base might be stealth kill or cannot kill stealth defeat six dudes and so there's a special power you can use that makes you harder to detect while in stealth and so you want to go in whenever you can and switch out that power for the new one and so if you had to go back to a home base or whatever to change that kind of thing that would make it more tedious well i'm not saying like 
to change, but like just, just to, to like actually unlock, unlock it. it, or like okay. a new a new power. Like he has a backyard or a little alley that he goes to where he like tests the power out for a first right. time or something. Yeah, you know? that's fair. Like that that's would fair. be cool. Like that's mm-hmm. all you need to do too. And that mm-hmm. I feel like that's easy to put in, but I just I don't like it when games just like it's some made you up material. You just have it now. Yeah, right. I don't like that. It's just yeah, it's and I mean, lazy, and like with, with a game that has so much else going on, like lazy is not a term that I would apply to the development of this game because clearly there's a ton of shit going on. But it's like it feels like a missed opportunity because you could put some fun yes. stuff in there too. Yes, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I love the game. It's phenomenal. It does a lot of things really well. The a lot of the side content I'm not finding as engaging. That's kind of like my biggest knock against the game. Another thing that's weird because it doesn't really bother me, but the world doesn't feel particularly lived in. And I think part of it's because you spent so much time web swinging around the city up in the sky that like when you're on the ground level, it feels very like unfinished. Like you can't go into buildings. A lot of stuff is like, I don't know, just not fully baked. It's, being on the ground in New York City doesn't really feel that good as Spider-Man. And I get it. They want you up swinging around, but it's just some of the stuff feels a little vacant. Like a lot of a lot of the buildings when you're on top, like there's nothing there. It's just I don't know. It's because the game's so big and there are so many things going on. Again, it's one of those where like you got to cut some places, but the world feels a little um empty at times. Um I'm I'm getting more into the story and the relationships, and because you're learning a little bit more about MJ and Miles Morales, who is uh, in Ultimate Spider-Man. Wait, I think it was in Ultimate Spider-Man. He be- he becomes Spider-Man as well. Was it Ultimate Spider-Man? He's the black kid that becomes Spider-Man. It, it's an alternate universe Spider-Man where he's Spider-Man, not Peter Parker. Anyway, he's a character that exists in the game, and so it's fun to see him interact with Peter because he's a little younger. So Peter kind of takes him under his wing. So the story is really clicking a lot better for me. I just got to a point where they had showed this in the trailer, so it's not a spoiler, but where the Sinister Six get together, and that was a really cool moment. And now the world has really changed, and it's a lot... The combat, or I guess moving around the world has become a lot more difficult, which makes me feel like I'm maybe near the end of the game. But uh, yeah, moving around the world has got a lot more difficult, and the combat has gotten a lot more difficult too because there are some new enemy types that are really fucking annoying that have jetpacks and they're just a pain in the ass to fight and that I'm not loving yet. I need to figure out a better way of attacking those guys, but yeah, it's I mean it's a fucking great great game. Oh, one other thing that I didn't initially have a problem with, but now that I've had to do it more, I dislike. So I've seen a lot of people complaining about the stealth sections. I I did the first one and it was pretty harmless, but I've had to do several more and they are very tedious. They give you some tools to make them a little easier. Like, you can distract guys with this or whatever. They're just not fun. Like, it's not, like, really good stealth. And so it feels a bit throwaway. But there are there's enough challenge to it where you have to try. And that just... It's just not fun. There's stealth things when you're Spider-Man where you can move around the space and stealth, you know, capture dudes. And all of that is really good. But these sequences, like, you play as MJ or Miles and the ones that I've done... And they're just not there's not fun at the end of the day. And that I get it, they're trying to break up the open worldness of it to kind of give you, you know, a break from some of that so it doesn't get uh, repetitive, but 
this just wasn't the right way to do that, I think. Okay. Uh, so really excited to continue. I'm going to platinum this game. I've kind of decided I've done enough of the side content already. And some of the um, hidden challenge or hidden trophies aren't like crazy hard to do. Like you don't have to beat the game on new game plus or anything. So I'm going to go ahead and, and try to platinum it. So um, that should be fun. And that'll be like half of my platinum trophies will be from insomniac games. Cause I've got three platinums from ratchet and clank games. So this will be my fourth insomniac platinum. Um, so yeah, that's kind of all games I've been playing uh, and stuff we've been watching. So yeah, let's jump into some news. Um, so we had a N- Nintendo Direct that happened uh, in between the last time we did a podcast, um, and a, they t- t- talked about a bunch of shit. Frankly, yeah, so it was a big one. They, I mean, showed a bunch of new games, but I guess the big thing to talk about is this new. Uh, firmware update that is related to the online service. So this new update, like the the online service is officially live now. So hopefully you got your time in Splatoon 2 and Mario Kart Deluxe for free because you got to pay for online now. But it also adds um, cloud saving for some games, which we talked about last episode that it's maybe not being implemented in the best way. Um, But that's available for some games. They uh, kind of stealth released the ability to digitally share across different consoles. So, like, it's kind of like the PlayStation 4 where you can have your primary console and then secondary console. So, like, if I have my PS4 listed as my primary console, if I go to your house, Kyle, and log into my PlayStation ID, I can play games that are on my PS4 on your PS4, which is a pretty cool thing. And you can do that now on Switch. Um, makes it a little bit different because it's so handheld. I'm not sure how all those details are going to work, but yeah, it's a cool thing. And especially that they didn't really talk that much about it before putting it out there. Um, it, it could be a neat kind of uh, benefit for folks that uh, have friends that have switches or like families and that kind of thing. Yeah, and it's not something I expected Nintendo to do because yeah. they're so bass backwards about. Right. all online functionality and their whole idea of like account sharing and like it's all been console specific in the past mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. this is a pretty big shift mm-hmm. a positive one they also outlined the 20 games that are going to start on their online service and they're they're say they're going to put up more every month so some of the big hitters it's a lot of like original nes classics that are on there right now so they got donkey kong super super mario brothers ice climber dr mario double dragon tecmo bowl um baseball soccer tennis hockey balloon fight and then uh, in the next couple of months, they're going to be adding games like, you know, the original Golf, original Metroid, Ninja Gaiden. So there's a lot of really classic heavy-hitting games on here, which is cool. I think Super Mario Bros. 3 is also on there or is coming soon. So some of the, like, Super Mario World isn't on there. Some of those aren't on, I think, just because they know they can make money from people buying them in the eShop. Yes. But uh, it's still pretty cool that... Um, they're going to be adding more, and it the games that are on there right now are all good. Like those are the types of games you would want to play again. So that that's pretty neat. And they also showed a new NES Switch controller, which is really adorable. The use of it doesn't seem that awesome, other than playing some of these old games because it's laid out differently than a regular Switch controller, and so right. that seems like it'd be a pain in the ass to play actual Switch games with it. So it's more of a niche thing, but it's really cute looking. Yeah, but it's also, I heard it's limited to one per online account, even if it's a family account. You can only buy it if you have a Nintendo online account. Um, Weird. 
yeah, like if you're paying for their online service, you can only buy it, and it's limited to one per account. So I, I, I believe that includes family accounts. What? That's yep. so weird. Yep. So Sometimes by I don't purchasing their online man. service, you get the ability to purchase this NES controller. That's so bizarre. I know. So yeah, so that's kind of console updates from them. And then they talked about a shit ton of games, which is cool. So this first one, how about you talk yes. about Kyle? Because I know you're pretty hyped about it. Okay, so my buddy Cody, um, I was playing something. I don't remember what. Oh, I think we were uh, we were playing Destiny because we were going through the raid. Um, so this was like after that, uh, and he was like, "Dude, are you are you watching? Are you watching the um, uh, the Nintendo Direct?" I was like, "No, no, 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 I'm not. I'm like, I'll just read the news later." And he's like, "Dude." You need to watch right now. They're announcing a new <laughs> Animal Crossing game, and I was like, "What? What?" And like, I ran to my computer, and he, he's got, I'm got, I got him on the phone. I'm like, "What? New Animal Crossing game?" I'm like, trying to load. I'm trying to like, I was like, "Where the fuck is the stream, man?" And then he's like, "Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, it's just fucking Isabel and Smash Brothers." And I was like, "Fuck <laughs> this Nintendo bullshit." Like, this sucks. I fucking hate Nintendo. And then, I like, he's like, yeah, I'm sorry, man. I got your hopes up. And then I hung up, and I found the stream. And as I loaded into the stream, it was like, oh, but wait. We have one more Animal Crossing announcement. Yeah. There's a new Animal Crossing game. And I was like, <laughs> oh, Nintendo, you got me, you fuckers. So, new Animal Crossing game coming next year, 2019. No other details, but it will be on Switch. And it is yeah. a proper Animal Crossing game. And I, I mean, you're obviously a much bigger Animal Crossing person than I am. I played it a oh, bit yeah. on GameCube, more just because I knew you loved it, so I played a little bit of it too. I'll play it. Like, I'm part of it's because I'm always going to be thirsty for games on Switch, because I really am only going to play Nintendo games on Switch, and we're not going to get dozens of those a year. So I'll right. play this, and I'm kind of curious to see, as someone who isn't attached to the franchise what I'm going to feel about it. Like, Cause I'm not going to see all the differences that you're going to see between the, the kind of series. And it's more just my first really dive into animal crossing, but I'm excited about it. I know so many people love, love, love the series. So we'll have to I'm, I'm pretty pumped about it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And we can pay for the online service. So we can oh, fucking go to each other's true. towns. Oh shit. You're right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that'll, that'll be fun. I'm glad. I know you were, concerned that they might not put out an animal crossing on switch i felt like that was a home run to do but i'm glad they're officially doing it now yeah me too i'm excited for you (laughs) thank you um so they also announced luigi's mansion 3 which isn't the final title but kind of the working title so that's also coming out in 2019 so this felt like a very smart way for them to say we still, like, other than the games that they announced last E3 that we haven't really heard more about, like, you know, Metroid Prime 4, the core Pokemon game, Bayonetta 3, they're showing more games now and actually putting years on them and not just saying, like, we're developing them. Because, like, all those games that I just listed, I know they said the core Pokemon will be next fall, but, like, Metroid Prime 4, Bayonetta 3, those could be 2020 games at this point. We don't really know for sure. So right. it's smart for them to come out and say, yes, we do still have some core games coming in 2019. We'll see if they stick to 2019, but it's at least, it makes me feel a little bit better about the switch in 2019 because 2017 was really, really strong. And I feel like 2018 has been less strong. So I'm glad yeah. that, that they're, they're coming out there ahead of that. Yoshi, uh, Yoshi's crafted world, which is the new official title for that Yoshi 
crafty looking game that is also coming out in 2019 they pushed it back at e3 it's coming out in the spring they didn't give it a firm date which still makes me nervous that it might get pushed back again but i think the game looks really cute i was a big fan of kirby's uh epic yarn it wasn't a hard game but i really loved the vibe i didn't play yoshi's woolly world but i heard very similar things about that so this being yoshi's crafted world seems like more of that kind of like a little more kid-friendly in terms of gameplay, but just really cutesy aesthetic with cute Nintendo character that I really like. I'm definitely going to play it. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. We're also getting a port of New Super Mario Bros. U and Super Luigi U coming to Switch. That's coming out in uh, January 11th, 2019. So really at the beginning of the year. And this is the port of the Wii U game. The Super Luigi U... I don't think... Was it a standalone game on Wii U, or was it an update to New Super Mario Bros. U? Anyway, it's it adds some new levels and harder versions of maps and stuff on Super Mario Bros. U. So this will just be a good, for people that didn't have a Wii U, like most people, a good way to go back and play kind of a core side-scrolling, in air quotes, because there's some mixed perspective, but side-scrolling Mario game, which we haven't gotten yet on Switch, other than the few elements that we had in uh, Super Mario Odyssey. So, that'll be cool, too. Yeah. Katamari is coming to Switch. Hell they are. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's called... Oh, shit. Uh, Katamari Damacy Reroll. Reroll, yes. So, that... I don't think they outlined exactly what it is, like if it's just the first game, but it is kind I of an HD remaster coming to Switch. So I'm pumped about that. It's been a really long time since I've played Katamari. The first game is on my top 100 games of all time list. I didn't connect with the sequels as much because they were kind of the same sort of game, not a ton of changes. But it's right. been years and years and years since I've played Katamari. So this will be a good excuse to, to go back and, and play one of those games on a new console. Yeah, one of the fun ways to play Katamari was co-op, which is each right. person has one hand on the controller, and so you kind of right. have to like roll together because the the control scheme is your analog sticks determine which direction you're rolling. So both forward you go forward, both back you go back, and then you kind of alternate one forward and one back to turn. Um, mm-hmm. And so this like this will also have co-op support where one person holds one of the Joy Cons, the other person holds the other Joy Con, uh, and you can kind of control it that way. So. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, we're also getting some other ports. So Diablo 3 is coming to Switch November 2nd. And City Skylines is coming to Switch. It's actually available now on the eShop. So that was a, a PC game. And I think they also brought it to other consoles. But it was yeah, a really popular... Yeah, they brought it to PS4 and Xbox One okay. uh, a little later. Really popular city-building sim. Um, I know I watched a lot of it on B00's channel when he was playing it. Uh, yeah. But... Uh, a, a lot of customizability in the type like you can make anything you want as far as like buildings and stuff like that because you can uh, get the individual elements and manipulate them and make them different colors and cut them in half and put them all together so for people that are like that highly creative minecraft style of building you can do a lot in city skylines which is really neat we're also getting a bunch of final fantasy games so, uh, Final Fantasy XV Pocket Edition is available now. Not sure why you'd want to play that, but you can. Uh, World of Final Fantasy, which has been renamed to Final Fantasy Maxima, is coming on November 6th. Which was This was like the, what is it called, chibi version of yeah. some Final Fantasy It's almost like it's, Pokemon, where yeah. you're capturing the capturing like the other creatures that you come across, and like you stack them up 
mm-hmm. and they fight other stacks. It you played some of bizarre. that, didn't you? Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, I, I was interested in it, but after hearing you talk about it, I was kind of like, eh, not so much. But uh, a lot of some fun Final Fantasy ideas and a lot of nostalgia in that game. Yes. And then this winter, Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon is coming, and then they announced that next year we are getting Final Fantasy 7, 9, 10, 10, 2, 12, and Crystal Chronicles. So a lot of really, I mean, the I'm best, really excited for Crystal Final Chronicles. That is a yeah. super underrated GameCube title. It I is. really enjoyed it. But the whole multiplayer thing where, like, you need the one person to carry the lantern thing, like, that was not a good design decision. Because that person doesn't get to play the game. Like, that sucked. Well, they carry they carry the lantern, but then, like, when enemies come around, you put it down and you just fight within the area of effect of the lantern. It's still <laughs> a pain in the ass. I don't know. I think you're being too harsh on it. I did not like that part. It had it had a lot of fun like elemental stuff that you could do. It did. I liked like, the like, game. I liked the it magic that, system and that part. Of, it seemed need needless tedium in that game. That that was that was all it was. Okay. Um. Okay. And then they also outlined a new, uh, two new bundles. I should say, there is the Smash bundle, which you can get on November sixteenth, and I guess you get the game with it but that's before the game releases, so this is the only way you can get the game early. And it's just a Smash-themed bundle. It's got the little Smash icon on the controller, controllers, and then some of the uh, original characters on the actual console thing itself. It's a cool little thing, great controllers. But the bigger one is the Pokemon Let's Go bundle, which is adorable. And it has Eevee and Pikachu, so it has a yellow Joy-Con and a more like tan brown Joy-Con for Eevee. And it's just fucking cute. It has both of them on there, kind of etched into the console. It's on the very dock. cute. Yeah, on the dock, exactly. Um, oh, sorry. That one comes out November 16th with the game. The uh, Smash one comes out on November 2nd. Um, so you can so like get over that a earlier early. than the game. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I wonder so if yeah. the download code just won't work until December 7th. Yeah, I don't know. It, it seems weird to release this bef- like that much in advance of the game. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see yeah. them give the game early to people that buy this, but who knows? Uh, and then we talked about Isabel coming to um, coming to Smash. I'm, I mean, I have no attachment to that character. Is this a good fit for Smash? Like, is Isabella a popular Animal Crossing character? I feel like a, a better choice would be like Tota KK or Tom Nook, but I guess people like Isabel. Tota, is Tota KK, is he the guitar guy? Yeah, man. Yeah. I, isn't he an assist trophy, or he has been in the past? Dude, I don't know. I don't play Smash. And I think maybe Tom Nook was an assist trophy at one point as well. But he's a bastard, so I don't really yeah. want to play as Tom Nook. He's the um, king of capitalism. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we got an announcement that Game Freak, makers of the Pokemon games, are working on a brand new RPG, which seems to have some... Well, they didn't really go into gameplay or anything, but... Um, it's very much an RPG. The working title is called Town, where you're defending a small town from monsters. You're going to be interacting with the townspeople, and you can kind of call them in to help you. So it has, I don't know if you're, like, going to recruit them, and so it'd be Pokemon-esque, where, like, you're building a team of them, or if it's more like Octopath Traveler, that uh, character that could um, bring in a different townsperson whenever they wanted. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, details are very scarce. It's more just like them saying, hey, we're working on something that isn't Pokemon. The combat system release... almost seems kind of like like a tabletop or um, like it's a turn-based. card game yeah. almost. Yeah. Cause, yeah. yeah, it is turn-based, but like in terms of like, I saw an image where it's like 
there you have like an attack value and a defense value and like another value and like it seems like those are what are going to be compared when making attacks and doing moves. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it seems kind of like a tabletop or a, a card game um, combat system almost. So they're saying it's releasing in 2019. We'll see. I mean, we haven't seen basically anything about the game yet, so who knows? But um, I-, I could potentially be excited about that. They're good at making Pokemon games, so I'd be curious to see them make something else. Yeah. And then finally, Nintendo refuses to let the 3DS go out and die, and so they announced a bunch of ports of games. So Kirby's Epic Yarn is coming next year. A remake of Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story is coming in January, and then uh, Luigi's Mansion port is coming. Uh, the original GameCube game is coming on October 12th, and all of those have some new side content, additional levels and that sort of thing so i mean you can't blame them for this the 3ds is still an insanely popular console of really high user base and so for them to bring popular wii wii u gamecube like core console games to the handheld system definitely makes sense yeah it's more just like why are those not also coming to switch i guess is my question the switch is a handheld system why aren't you just focusing on the switch just seems weird but I get it. A lot of people still have 3DSs, and so they could sell games to those folks. So that was kind of the big Nintendo Direct stuff. Um, Certainly a lot of cool news to be excited about. Um, I like their method of having one of these every couple of months. It kind of keeps you more engaged in their ecosystem, and it's not just like a big info dump once or twice a year like Microsoft and uh, Sony typically do. So it's a cool thing. So, we also got an announcement for a PlayStation 1 Classic. So, this clearly inspired by the NES and SNES Classics. Uh, It is PlayStation 1. It comes with 20 built-in games. They haven't announced all of them, but the ones thus far are Final Fantasy VII, Jumping Flash, Ridge Racer Type 4, Tekken 3, and Wild Arms. So a pretty good cross-section of PS1 games. A lot of different genres represented. Yeah. Looking at that list, most of those games aren't ones I care about. But I think for people that are nostalgic for the PS1, like games like Wild Arms, Tekken 3, like people will care about those games being on this type of console. We'll see as time goes what other things, what other games they announce that could potentially get me excited. Because, I mean, this it's $99, so it's not cheap. Um comes out on December 3rd, so you'll be able to get it for the holidays. And uh, it comes with two controllers and an HDMI port. So pretty standard in terms of the package of what you get. It's more just about do you care about PS1 games. I'm, I would imagine there are fewer people that care about PS1 games than there are people that care about NES and SNES games. But there's obviously a market for this type of thing. So it totally makes sense that they would do this. Yeah, I care more about PlayStation games than I do old Nintendo games, but okay. I still have my PlayStation 1 Mini, um, right. which is roughly the same size as this PS1 Classic, um, maybe just slightly larger. But like the games that I care about, most of them I s- still have. Okay. And like, it all, they all still work. I have memory cards and controllers that still work, so I don't, I don't need this thing. I would rather have the collection you know sure i mean if you have the means to have the old console yeah this isn't for you so yeah right um also in sony news they put out a new firmware update that allows you to download psn now games locally 
So it isn't only streaming anymore. You can actually download the games onto your system, which is a very good change. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I made a note on this. So the, the, the title of this story that I wrote is PlayStation Now now lets you download games locally. And that reminded me of that bit from Spaceballs where they're talking about <laughs> like they watch the video of them yeah. to like fast forward to figure out where the good guys are. And the dude's explaining like what the difference is between the video and now. He's like, no, we're in now now. That was then. This is now. Now we're in now now. And he's like, wait, when, when? will then be now? now? <laughs> <Yeah>. Soon. <laughs> that just reminded me of that. <laughs> PlayStation now now lets you download games. Anyway, <laughs> separate, separate diatribe there. But. This is a cool thing, uh, very user-friendly for folks that don't have high-speed internet that want to use PlayStation Now. So it's just a really good um, benefit to people using PlayStation Now. I don't know what that install base looks like. I have no interest in using PlayStation Now, but they've stuck to their guns on it, so it must be having some sort of success. Yeah, it's an interesting idea, especially now that you can download them. Yeah, and I mean, it's because they had that technology from Gaikai that they purchased for the game streaming. So it totally makes sense that they want to capitalize on that. It's just tough to look at this versus what Microsoft is doing, which is giving free backwards compatibility and upgrades for older games, where if you own the game, you can play it on your Xbox One and it'll look better. A lot of them have achievements now. So like with PlayStation Now, you're paying for it. And on Microsoft, you're getting it for free. And it's it's not a great look for Sony, it makes sense why they're trying to do this because they spent all that money on the Gaikai technology, but you can't argue that this is a better solution than what Microsoft has done. Yeah. All right. In some sad news and really crazy news, Telltale Games has gone through a very major layoff and has basically canceled all their projects. Like the, the studio is effectively shut down. So about a year ago, they had a large layoff. But I attributed this to a couple of years ago, it felt like Telltale was working on a game for everything. Like they had their Minecraft game, they had their Batman game, they had their Guardians of the Galaxy game, they were still doing Walking Dead. Like they had all these projects going on, and so they staffed up to support those, all the licensed games that they had gotten. And then a couple of years ago, and like more so last year and the year before that, there were fewer projects. And so it made sense that they would then, unfortunately, have to lay off a lot of those people that they had hired because they were scaling back production on games. Well, apparently that wasn't the only thing going on. And the rumor is that they basically have not turned a profit on, like, any of their games except for the original Walking Dead and maybe Minecraft Story Mode. Like, which all of their insane. other games have lost money. Which is, yes, it's insane because those all of those games have done really well. I mean, my understanding of it was Tales on the Borderlands was really popular. I imagine the Game of Thrones game was really popular. Wolf Among Us certainly has a ton of fans as well. So, Which now makes sense as to why they hadn't reworked the engine yet. Right. Yeah. If they weren't turning profits. Yeah, they were too desperate to keep out putting, keep putting out stuff so they could bring money in. So they have laid off 225 people. They now have a skeleton crew of 25 people. They already released the first episode of The Walking Dead, the final season. So the rumor was that those 25 people were remaining to finish The Walking Dead final season. Apparently that is not the case, and that has also been canceled. So that final season is not going to happen. And those 25 folks are actually working on a Minecraft story mode game in partnership with Netflix. So The Wolf Among Us Season 2 that they announced is dead. Game of Thrones Season 2 is dead. 
the Stranger Things game that they had announced is dead, and it seems like um, the Spider-Man game they announced is dead. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's. I mean, it sucks. Obviously, a ton of people are now out of work. They made good games, mostly. Not all of them were great, and certainly the engine needed a lot of work. But there was a lot of cool stuff that was coming out of Telltale, and it's really a shame. I mean, it seems like, frankly, a lot of this comes down to bad management. Because they didn't yeah. have the they didn't have the number of people they needed, and then they had too many people. All the financial problems that were going on behind the scenes it seems like some poor management over there, which really sucks because that affects a lot of a lot of uh, people. So it's a bummer. In similar sad news, to get it out of the way, Capcom is closing down Capcom Vancouver. So that studio has been running the Dead Rising franchise since the second game back in 2010. So they had Dead Rising 4 was the most recent one. No, Dead Rising 5 came out like last year, I think. Oh, no, it was 4. It was 4. Yeah, it was 4. Because Dead Rising 3 was the one that was like really different in the tone, really different character. And then they brought Frank back for Dead Rising 4. But so they had significant layoffs earlier this year. And now they have officially shut down the studio. And it's not just because they aren't going to continue working on these Dead Rising games, because I guess the studio was currently working on yet another Dead Rising. And it's also about Capcom wanting to move their primary development houses to Japan. So taking away some of that Western development stuff. So again, it just, it sucks to see studios shut down. I haven't been into Dead Rising really since the second game, but I know a lot of people were still big fans of the third one and the fourth one. So it sucks. I'm sure we will see more Dead Rising. Capcom still owns the license. But I, I, at this point, it'll be handed off to somebody else. Okay, we got a teaser for a new Square Enix game. Uh, it's called Project Prelude and developed by the studio called Project Istola, which is a new studio being developed by a former producer on the Tales series. So the little trailer is very um, world and kind of theme-focused. I thought the music was beautiful, a little piano kind of score going on, and I really liked the art style. It was very kind of like that modern anime video game style, but with yeah. some like cell shading to it, which I thought was really, really cool. It's a short trailer. I mean, presumably this will be a JRPG. Impossible to know what it's going to play like at this point, but it looks cool. It, there, there's My interest is peaked. It looked a little... Like, it doesn't look all that unique compared to a lot of JRPGs, but right. that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, so, yeah. Uh, okay, so Ubisoft has come out and kind of laid out the DLC plans for Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah, this is interesting. Yeah, so there's already a season pass for the game, and if you get the season pass, you also get an HD remaster of Assassin's Creed 3 and Assassin's Creed Liberation, which was the PS Vita game. So... That's pretty cool that they're putting in this work on those older games and kind of bringing them over to the season pass. Yeah. You will be able to buy those games separately outside of the season pass, which is also cool. So they've made some gameplay changes to AC3. I don't think they've outlined really what those are, but that game is looked at by most as the worst Assassin's Creed game. So hopefully they are making some changes to it and kind of improving that. Yeah. so yeah, it, it's just kind of a cool thing. And then they also talked about the two um, actual packs for AC Odyssey. So the first one is called Legacy of the First Blade. 
starts in December, and they're taking it like a bit of a serialized nature in the release schedule. So this is centered around the first Hidden Blade that was created. So that'll be neat to see from a historical perspective. And then the second one is called Fate of Atlantis, which uh, is leaning in more into the more fantastical side that I guess Odyssey is really big on like the gods because, you know, Origins had some of the Egyptian gods, but it was more like non-canon almost where this is like really leaning into like, oh no, Medusa exists in this universe now. And so this Atlantis, that's where it takes place. So that that would be pretty cool to see. Yeah. Um, And then... The they're also going to have that free discovery tour mode that they had in Origins, which I forgot to ever check out. So I'll have to do that, and maybe I'll do that in Odyssey too. But that'll be a free update. They're going to be doing other like free weekly events. I'm presumably like maybe big boss battles like they did with Origins. So that'll be neat. And the game's coming out soon. It's October fifth. It's just a couple weeks away. Um, oh yeah. I my plan is to crank through Spider Man. I will take a little bit of a break with something else, maybe Guacamelee 2, and then it's Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which already came out, that it's sitting on my desk, and then I'll take a break with something else in between that, probably like, because Life is Strange will have been out, uh, maybe something else, and then AC Odyssey. So I have three big open world slash semi-open world games in a row, and then Fallout 76 comes out in November. So right. I'm going to be Bing, playing bang, those... Boom well into 2019 at this point but i don't want to be playing two games at once two big games like that at once because they're similar enough that i feel like i might get burnt out i kind of want to do one at a time take a break with something else in between i feel like that'll help spread the love a little bit so moving into the world of film and television so the ceo of disney bob Iger came out and made a statement about their current and go-forward plans for the Star Wars franchise. So I'll read the quote verbatim here. And this is just about how the criticism was that we've had too many Star Wars movies too close together. I think between The Last Jedi and Solo, it was like five months in between those movies. Which is crazy. Neither one of them were all that good. And it was too close together, so it was too much bad Star Wars too close together. That's like worst case scenario. Bad is too strong of a word. Solo was not terrible, but it was not great. The Last Jedi is bad. I would I watch I would watch Solo again and I would watch Last Jedi again. I have seen both of them twice. I'm not particularly interested in watching either of them a third time. Okay. I've only seen both once. Yeah. But I know Last Jedi is now on Netflix, so I do need to watch it it again. Yeah. So anyway, so Bob Iger came out and said, I made the timing decision, and as I look back, I think the mistake that I made, I take the blame, was a little too much too fast. You can expect some slowdown, but that doesn't mean we're not going to make films. J.J. Abrams is busy making episode 9. We have creative entities, including Game of Thrones creator David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, who are developing sagas of their own, which we haven't been specific about. And we are just at the point where we're going to start making some decisions about what comes next after JJ's. But I think we're going to take a little bit, we're going to be a little bit more careful about volume and timing. And the buck stops here with that, referencing himself. So good of him to kind of take the blame for pushing forward that more Star Wars, more Star Wars, let's make as much fucking money as we can at once. I think that they probably should have done a better job of looking at what Marvel they did with the Marvel films. Because there have been a lot of Marvel films, too. There have been, like, two every year. But yeah. Mar- with Marvel, it's all different characters where they they were building towards a more central focus. 
with Star Wars, it's been the core of it has been one story, the episode seven and eight. And then they've had these other movies, Rogue One and Solo, which have been rehashes or flashback films, prequels, if you will, of characters we knew about already. They weren't yeah. like... And they're just low stakes new. films. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I don't think... My concern is that what they will take away from this is no more than one Star Wars movie a year, which I think is a good place to start. But the larger problem, which I think most people would agree, is that the quality of these Star Wars movies has not been up to snuff. None of them have. I think The Force Awakens is pretty okay. I think Rogue One was not awesome, primarily because of the main two actors I thought were really bad. It was a bad movie that didn't need to exist. Yes. I thought it had some fun action-y moments, but yes, I do not think it was good. I thought The Last Jedi was actively terrible. Like, I think it is legitimately terrible movie. Half of the movie is good. The what other half? half doesn't need to be there. What half is good? All the stuff that has to do with Ray and Luke, I really enjoyed. All I of agree. that stuff. I agree. But and that is I a like, very I like small the part. Ray and I like the Ray and Kylo Ren stuff, too. Yeah, some of that back and forth I thought was a little... Stretching the boundaries of like what the force is, yes, in yeah. a dumb way to justify yeah. plot points. It was like midichlorian kind of decision making, but um, and then solo, I thought again, just didn't need to exist. So it hasn't just been that there have been too many Star Wars movies. It's that the ones that they have made have not been up to the quality that they should be, and a lot of the ones they have made aren't bringing anything new to the table. So the fact that they are still moving forward with an Obi-Wan movie. They are allegedly still moving forward with a Boba Fett movie. That does not tell me that they are learning from that mistake because those movies are going to be the same fucking thing. It's going to be characters we already know, story, side stories that weren't important enough to make the original movies. And so, like, why are we watching it? Why should we care? We already know what happens with these characters. Make some new shit and make it good. It's tough because at this point there have been far more bad or mediocre Star Wars movies than there have been good ones. Really, it's the original trilogy are the only ones that are all amazing. So I think the weird thing about these side movies is that when taken on their own, they're extremely unimportant. But if you were to insert them where they happen sequentially in like a marathon, they would. I feel like they would fit pretty well. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that... But that's kind of, like I see what you're saying, and I'm not. not to, I'm not saying that's a justification for them right. or anything. I'm just like, in the, like that. That would be the only way I would watch them. Sure, and that's fine. But it's more about like that doesn't really matter because that isn't the way the movies were made. Like, right? Yes, Rogue One takes place before it, and so if you watched it chronologically, that might be cool to see that, and then watch Episode Four or whatever. But like. Everyone has already seen episode four, so we didn't need to see Rogue One. That's really what it is. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um, Moving on. We got a trailer, really the first trailer, for Captain Marvel. It looks fine. Like, yeah, it looks fine. I just, I can't get excited about these movies anymore. And it's not because they're not good. Most of them have been very good. But this is like the 20th Marvel movie in the past decade. That's just too much now. Yeah. Take a break. The and, and, the most feelings I had during that trailer was when she crashed into the blockbuster video at the beginning. Okay. I was like, oh, yeah, blockbuster video. Woo. 
Yeah, I felt like they maybe leaned a little too hard into the whole 90s thing in that trailer. Um, it was a little corny, but yeah. I also... And she did not, like, emote. No, I was all. just going to say she's that. so flat. Yeah, I'm a little nervous because, I mean, she's an Academy Award winning actress. Brie Larson is very good, but her acting doesn't look good in this movie. So I don't know right. if it's just the trailer or what the blame might be there. Yeah, maybe it's just the trailer, the way it's edited. I certainly hope so because she looks boring as shit. There's, like, no character there. So we'll see. I'm going to go see it because I see all of them. I'm just, I'm not, like, excited about it. Uh, yeah. Still with Marvel. So Kevin Feige, who is the, he runs Marvel Studios, the film side. He is also going to be running the X-Men franchise now that Disney owns. So this, I think, is very good. We'll see what kind of strategy they take here. Here's my take on what would be smart. So after Avengers 4, uh, Tony Stark, Captain America, Thor, all want to be done with the movies. All the actors want to be done after Infinity War 4, or Avengers 4. So they're going to be relying on the newer heroes. So there's going to be a Black Panther 2, obviously. We're getting another Spider-Man movie, obviously. I don't know if they'll continue with Ant-Man and the Wasp into a third one, but there are some new wave heroes that aren't as exciting as the original heroes. There, people don't have as much of an attachment to those. I think most would agree. I feel like this is a really good opportunity to take a bit of a break, and that's when you can introduce the X-Men. So, like, the first X-Men movie would come out in, like, three years. So after Avengers 4, take a break for, like, a year and a half. Don't put out any movies. Because there aren't really any planned that have release dates yet in that time frame. Take a break. And then come out with the X-Men shit, reboot whatever you need to do with that, and then you can tie the X-Men stuff into what's going on with the other superhero movies. So, presumably a Captain Marvel 2, Black Panther 2, Guardians Volume 3 if that ever happens. You can start to weave those in together, and that way you have some excitement about the new X-Men characters that will help compensate for the less excitement people have about the what will what will be continuing Marvel characters. Does that make sense? That would yeah. be kind of my pitch. I'm not sure what they're going to do about it, um, but I think a break would kind of serve everybody. They did come out and make a statement about Deadpool. I mean, it was kind of a non-statement, just saying that like they have plans for him, like he's not going away as a character. Um, what will also be interesting to see is Fox had R-rated superhero movies. They had both Deadpool movies were rated R. Disney does not like to do R-rated movies. In fact, they have come out and said that the Marvel movies won't be rated R. So I'll be really curious to see if they bend that, if they make another Deadpool or something. Because a PG-13 Deadpool is really not interesting to me, and I don't right. think it's interesting to anyone. So nope. that will be. I will be very curious to see if they bend on Deadpool, as well as some of the X-Men. Like if they did, like they could do a really cool X-Force movie that was a little darker and like taking itself seriously that could be a really good violent r-rated movie more along the lines of logan the tone of logan or the wolverine which were both really good underrated x-men movies so we'll see i'm like 
a lot of people are down on the fact that X-Men's with Marvel now because they've kind of homogenized their process. A lot of these superhero movies are just like big budget action schlock, which they are, but they're fun. Versus when Fox had it, their core X-Men movies sucked. You know, Days of Future Past, Apocalypse, whatever. Those are bad. But their offshoot movies like Deadpool, Logan, Wolverine were cool and had their own genre vibes to them. That, um, shit, what was it? Uh, Mutants, New Mutants movie. That, like, horror movie that they were going to make looked really fucking cool. Who even knows if that's still going to happen at this point. But they were taking some risks with their X-Men films. So we'll see if Marvel continues that or if they just make them more Marvel movies. All right, I need a break. So how about you tell me about uh, Avatar coming to Netflix? Yeah. Um, so production is supposed to begin in 2019. This is Avatar The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. They're now going to be doing a live action um, adaptation of the show. Uh, I will say... It is run by the original series creators, which is a positive, because we all know that M. Night Shyamalan Malamalan really, really fucked up that movie version royally. Um, They've specifically said that they will have a culturally appropriate, non-whitewashed cast, um, which I think is a positive. That's a Mm -hmm. good thing. Mm -hmm. It's a good thing. Um (laughs) Because I know that's been kind of a hot-button topic for, for a little while, so it's good to see them leaning in that direction. As long as the actors are good, I don't give a shit. Right. Um, and they are still partnering with Nickelodeon on this. Um, I would assume probably because Nickelodeon still has the rights. That would make sense. Yeah. Um, so they would have to be involved in some way. Uh, the only saving grace for this announcement is that it is run by the original series creators. That is the only thing that gives me any kind of confidence in this. I'm surprised that you're not as excited about this. Like, I think this is this could potentially be really cool. I mean, Netflix throws fucking shit tons of money at their shows. They could make a really cool, good-looking version of this universe, I think. Yeah, but part of what's so much fun about Last Airbender is the animation and the comedy that comes out of it. Yeah. That's part of what's so fun about it. It so is you hard. you strip that from it... That's going to be really hard to do. And it's hard to trust because the movie was so bad. We've yes. already seen a live action version of it and it was atrocious. So it's yes. hard to trust or it's hard to like go in with a blank slate view on what this might be. But I have faith in Netflix. Their TV shows by and large are really good. Um, I don't know. I- I'm pretty pumped about it. I never finished Avatar The Last Airbender. I never watched the final like half of the last season. So oh, man. I, I regularly consider going and buying the box set and just doing all of it. I have it. It is lovely. Yeah. Um, how about this next one? I figured yeah, this would so, be one you'd be excited about too. Yeah. Cause this is absolutely like a genre of game that I know and love. Um, there's uh, hopefully will be an Alan Wake television show. Um, so Alan Wake was uh, heavily influenced by, I believe it was Twin Peaks, um, and it's all about uh, a male author who his writings. He goes to a small town to like kind of get in touch with his. He's having create. He's having writer's block, uh, so he goes to a small remote mountain town to get away from it all and kind of try writing again. Um, he goes to and- South Park. Tiny mountain yeah. town. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, to try and like kind of get rid of that block. Um, and the things that he writes start to 
become real uh, and you kind of play his story like his his wife gets taken um, by his potentially by his creations and so the the big thing about the game the mechanic is like darkness like things that are coming out of the darkness you shine a literal light on them and it makes them susceptible to damage you can get rid of them by shooting them or whatever um so that'll be interesting to see how they play like how directly tied to the game it will be if at all um if it will follow like alan wake as we know him from from the game um it has not been picked up yet they're just developing it and then hoping to sell it to a network um so hopefully someone picks it up if it's worthwhile they're working with the team that was behind mortal Kombat legacy the web series and the dead rising movies and um, the 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 mortal Kombat legacy web series was pretty well received yeah the dead rising movies less so like they I, it seems like and i haven't seen them but it seems like they had a fun attitude to them but the quality was maybe not so good right um and a bigger so maybe bigger it has budget. to do with the budget yeah yeah and so this like they don't have like they they don't have a network yet right and yes. the network is where you're going to get a lot of your money right so hopefully whatever budget they have currently is enough to make it not terrible um this, this is kind of I mean, effectively, this is Dreamwriters. Like, we yeah. just, we developed a show, and we were trying to pitch it. This is all that's happening with them. It's not like this is getting made. It's not an announcement this show is being made. It's only a story because it's Alan Wake, and it will be cool to see if that kind of thing happens. The people that they're partnering with clearly have history of success of getting their stuff out there. The quality and the budget and the that might be up for debate a little bit, but... uh yeah, an Alan Wake TV show sounds very cool to me. I don't yeah. if it was a, if it was a real deal network like if it was a Netflix, I'd have a hard time believing they would call it Alan Wake, just because it's a very video gamey sounding name. But um, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Like I could see this show on a Netflix. It's got that horror vibe. The the right. you know remedy was already very film oriented in the way they write their characters and their stories. So the transition definitely makes sense. They have a proven track record with the Quantum Break stuff they did. Again, questionable quality of it, but they've shown that they can do that. So I would not be surprised at all if this did get picked up by a cable network. Yeah. Um, and it's Peter Calloway is the executive producer and the showrunner. Um, he was producer on Under the Dome and the writer on Legion. Yeah. So, again, that's just kind of them attaching to someone that has, you know, experience. industry experience. Exactly. And, again, comes like Dream Riders. That's something we talked about a lot of does it make sense to bring on an executive producer or a showrunner that is known um, to help sell the thing. And, yeah, that's just kind of how that writing selling process works in Hollywood. So seems like yeah. they're going about it in an intelligent way. We'll see what happens. Finally, this is still a rumor. I mean, there, there may be more news by the time this podcast is up, but where we are right now, the rumor is that Henry Cavill is out as Superman and that we will no longer see him play the Caped Crusader. Nope. That's Batman. We will no longer see him play boy scout. <laughs> what What's Superman's like nickname? I don't remember. It's something. Uh, the ultimate cop out. <laughs> sure. Fine. Um, <laughs> so this is really interesting to see how this kind of has unraveled because it makes sense. So uh, Justice League got a lot of flack for the CGing of his mustache, which he had grown for Mission Impossible that he couldn't shave 
because of contract reasons. We're also finding out that he was supposed to appear in Shazam as Superman. And that isn't happening because scheduling conflicts and talks just kind of broke down. And then now he's in this Witcher series. And it just seems like... I mean, I'm not I'm not saying anything about Henry Cavill because I don't know. But it seems like he isn't prioritizing Superman right. as his thing. Because he didn't shave because of his thing in Mission Impossible. He it hasn't he didn't do a cameo in Shazam because of other things he was working on. Now he just took a role on a huge production of The Witcher where he's the main character, which is gonna take up a lot of his time over the next probably several years. So it feels like he without coming out and saying it or without coming out and, and not playing Superman, it seems like he's kind of trying to do what he can so that WB makes that decision for him, which you could say is, you could say is shady, but you could also say it's kind of smart of him to do this where it's a bit more mutual of them parting ways. Obviously, again, it's all still rumor at this point. His agent came out to Twitter and said like, made some tongue in cheek, like, Oh, the Cape's still in his closet. Don't worry people, but we'll see what happens. Um, the rumor is that WB has turned to Michael B. Jordan to potentially pl- play Superman, which, like, I have complicated feelings on this. That's fine. I have no problem with them having a black guy play Superman. I have no problem with making male characters into female characters. It really just comes down to, like, why are they doing that? Is there a right. story reason? Is there something they're trying to say? Or is it just because let's have a black guy play Superman? Because more people... We saw how popular Black Panther was. And we want to get that audience to come see Superman. Like, I have a hard time believing the human side of WB is making this decision. Versus the financial side of WB making this kind of decision. We'll see if that becomes the case. And what they do with someone, like if they make it a new character, or if he just is Clark Kent and he just happens to be black, I would have no problem with that. Either way, it could be fine, but either way, it could also be very thinly veiled cash grab. So, I don't know. My assumption is that it's a cash grab, because this is a huge film television or film studio. They know what the fuck they're doing. So, that's just kind of my two cents on that. Also... I don't think Michael B. Jordan is that great. I do. I've, I think I've only seen him in Black Panther. Okay. And I thought he was shit all in that. But Yeah, and I, we talked about this because I liked him in that movie. He was honestly like the only thing I liked about that movie was him. Um, and because the first thing I saw him in was Parenthood. He played a small character where he was like one of the daughter's boyfriends. And I thought he was really bad in that. He had has done a bunch of stuff since, some of which I have seen that I thought he was good. He, I mean, he was he played Johnny Storm in the Fantastic Four movie, which was a really bad movie, but he was perfectly fine in that. He's in the Creed spinoff of the Rocky movies, which I haven't seen, but I've heard really good things about it. I think he is a good actor. Maybe some of his choices have been questionable. His projects have been questionable. Um, but I, yeah, I don't have a problem with him as an actor. It's more just about what that might mean. And I feel the same way. Like in comics, they do this all the time too. Like there was a really big movement several years ago where they made like Thor was a woman for a while. Tony Stark retired and handed off the Iron Man mantle to this like young scientist, black chick 
It's like there was a big movement in comics of let's make all of our biggest characters female. And like, I get it, but I'm also like, there are plenty of awesome female superhero characters. Why don't you just spend more time building those characters up versus taking the, it feels like the easy way. feels like the easy way out of instead of taking a character like Spider-Woman or Batwoman, who are awesome, awesome characters, and making them bring them more into the limelight. Instead, it's like, oh no, Batman's going to be a woman now instead for a little bit. And that didn't happen, but that's just an example. It just feels like a, it cheapens, it feels like a cash grab. It feels like they're trying to catch part of the movement to try to move more sales versus something that it feels organic and justified by the story. Right. But, again, this is all rumor still. As of right now, Henry Cavill still is Superman, so we'll see how it all plays out. I'm very interested because the rumor is also that Ben Affleck wants to be done as Batman after his solo movie. So the whole DC Universe could be dead before it even began. <laughs> I am A-OK with all of that. <laughs> me too, me too. Although, and I didn't write this down, did you watch the little teaser thing for Joaquin Phoenix as Joker? I saw an image. Okay, it was just a screen test. It's like a 20-second little thing. I thought it was a really fucking cool way to tease that because they obviously have not even really started shooting the movie yet. It looks really cool. and I like Joaquin Phoenix. He is a phenomenal actor. Yeah, like I would go see that movie. Yes. I mean, we'll see how it's written, how it's put together, if that is of quality. But him playing Joker to me is really cool. Because I, I, we talked about this thing. It was last episode or episode before that I watched uh, You Are Never Really Here that he was in. He's, right. He's just – he is fucking good as shit, man. He's so versatile as an actor. He could play any character and I would believe it. So this feels like – there have been some things that have come out that he's like, oh, I don't want to read the comics. I want to do my own thing, which like I don't really like that kind of attitude. But he has proven that he can do anything. So – if anyone can do a good Joker after watching Jared Leto's shit show, I believe that Joaquin Phoenix can kind of put it on the right track. Yeah. All right. So last thing before we jump into hate of the week. So as I was going through Game Informer looking for some news stories, I saw a little reader discussion about having things spoiled for you and how that made you feel. I have a fun story that I'm not sure if I've ever told on the podcast before, but I wanted to ask Kyle if you've had any experience like that where something you were really excited about or you were currently playing or reading or watching that someone spoiled for you. I was trying to think about it, and I mean, it's not like nothing has stuck in my head. Mm. Um, nothing like nothing comes to mind. I'm sure things have been spoiled, but nothing that like was huge ruined yeah anything big Would, for me is that a big are spoilers a big thing for you uh they used to be i don't really care as much anymore i mean i feel like i don't want to get games spoiled for me okay that's kind of my big thing so all i do is i just don't read about stuff right yeah i, I don't know I, I always i've cared more about spoilers just because like even less because I care about the spoilers and more just the attitude that people tend to have about spoilers. Like people that will spoil things on purpose to ruin it for other people are just like shitty people. And so that that's more of my view on the spoilers. My story is accidental or I guess unintentional spoiler. So when the Harry Potter series came out, I was reading it and I came onto it late, but I caught up in time for the release of Half-Blood Prince, the sixth book. 
I was reading it, but I had not finished it yet when I went over to a friend's house. And we were looking at, like, funny... There weren't memes at the time, because this was, like, 2004. But this was before memes existed. But it was, like, kind of the precursor of memes. Little gifts and things like that. And there was one that was, like, a... It was intended to be, like, a Rickroll kind of a thing. Um, And for people that don't know what that is, that was a big, like... Hey, someone would post some, like, clickbaity thing. And when you click it, it takes you to... Never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. YouTube video. And that's Rickroll. Like, and so that, that was a really popular thing years ago. You would Rickroll people and trick them into, like... Oh, have you seen this new... Oh, shit, they're making a new Pokemon game. Like, click the link to, to see the trailer. And then it takes you to Rickroll. Um, so this was kind of one of those. And it was some, like, big news story about Tom Cruise and, like, a new Mission Impossible movie or something. And so my buddy, like, he was like, oh, did you see this new Mission Impossible thing? He clicked it, and it brought up a page, a printout page of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince with it underlined where it says, Snape killed Dumbledore. And he thought I had finished the book and thought it would just be a funny thing of, like, oh, yeah, see this funny Rickroll for Snape killed Dumbledore. I hadn't finished the book. And so I did not know yet that Snape had killed Dumbledore. And so I was not happy at all with my friend for doing this to me. <laughs> that was like the biggest spoiler thing that ha- that was ruined for me. And that sucked. That was a bummer to have that spoiled. He didn't do it maliciously, obviously. He was just being dumb. And I still hold a grudge against him. Mark Codus Bode. Uh, Dude, you can't call out his full name. <laughs> Why? People know our full names. What are they going to do? It wasn't on purpose. He wasn't being a dick or anything. He was just being stupid <laughs> and ruining Harry Potter for me. So, yeah, there's just a fun little story about that. Uh, so, let's jump into a quick hate of the week before we wrap this thing up. Hate of the week. All right, so I am going to keep this one short. Because it is 12.30 on a Sunday. Football starts at 1. I need to do all my Final Fantasy football lineup stuff. So we got to wrap this bitch up. I got more important things to do is what I'm trying to say. So I think I actually told this story or a similar story a year ago. Because... Uh, you did. <laughs> okay, yes. So, But it happened again and it's still just as frustrating. So in my office park, it's a really big office park. We have like six or seven high-rise buildings that are all uh, not commercial, but like offices. And there's a hotel nearby where they host a lot of conferences and stuff. And every year there's an anime convention that happens at this hotel. Did I say hotel or did I say hospital? I think you said hotel. <laughs> okay. I so think. it's not a, It's just to be clear, they not are not holding an anime convention at a hospital. <laughs> it's at a hotel. And so it's currently going on, or it went on this past week. And obviously I have no problem with an anime convention. And it's fun, and it kind of like cheers me up after a long day of work when I'm leaving to see all these teenagers like dressed up in their anime shit. I don't know what any of the characters are, but they look like they're having the best time and kind of being around other people that care about the same thing. It's just a very like feel-good thing to see as I'm leaving or going into work every day. When I was at work... A sales guy in the row next to me, because of course it was a fucking sales guy, was making fun of all these kids. Like, making fun of them for dressing up and having their foam swords and, like, the elf ears that they're wearing and all these, like, pink hair and calling them, like, emo kids and just making fun of them and laughing about them with some other folks. While he was doing this, he was wearing an Atlanta Falcons jersey. And, like, 
I know it's not one-to-one, but it's still kind of the same fucking thing, right? It's the same thing. Like, he's wearing a uniform of a player he likes on the Falcons. They're wearing the uniform of a character they like in an anime show or manga or whatever it is. Like, yes, the football player is a real person, and these are fantasy people, but it's not that fucking different. And, like, to me, and I, I tweeted about this, like, the only real difference that I see between these is that the person in the anime stuff is just more creative than you. Because they, like, made a costume, and they created it from foam and materials, and they went and bought a t-shirt and drew on it and did all this other stuff. You just went out and bought a fucking jersey from Amazon. Like, you're a lazy fandom person. These are creative fandom people. And I just hate the attitude that because you don't understand something, that means it is lame, and that means that people that care about that thing that you don't understand deserve to be ridiculed. And this goes both ways. Plenty of people that don't like sports like to malign people that do like sports as being whatever. And even in the sports community, people that are really into football, that are the bro type into football, versus the people that are like really interested in the analytics of football, say that they're like football nerds. Because it's just like, why do we always need to marginalize someone? Why can't we just let other people enjoy the things? Why do you care so much? Because we're all miserable. Yeah. And, and I know, like, I, I've i made fun of you on here for all the anime stuff, and we poke fun at a lot of different people, but I feel like it's all lighthearted. Obviously, I don't give a shit that you watch anime. I'm glad you enjoy it. I think it's dumb. I think a lot of it's dumb in a fun way. I'm just not particularly interested in it for myself. But who the fuck am I to say that you're lame because you like something that I don't understand, basically? That's just, it's, it's very sad. It is very sad. And I know I, I did, I bitched about this a year ago when this anime convention was going on and it sucks that I'm in a different job seeing the same thing happen again. Maybe I just need to get out of this office park so that I won't have to be around it anymore. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, it, people are, people suck. It's yep. just, it's what it is. And everywhere and I, you go, I try to do better to not hold on to that, like not hold on to that negativity. That's part of this podcast is, I choose to hold on to it for the purpose of talking about it here, but uh, yeah, it's 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 a balance that I'm still trying to work out because I I hate going through life focused on the shittiness of it, because um, that's kind of my natural way of things, and I'm trying to break that, especially because I'm going to be a dad. But uh, yeah, this it just it it grinded my gears, some might say, <laughs> to bring back that old chestnut. Yeah. <laughs> I know how much you love grinding my Let's gears. Let's bring that back. <laughs> so, to kind of compensate, let's talk about something that we don't hate. So, this might seem like an obvious one, but today I don't hate that I'm going to be a dad. I am terrified and stressed, but pretty fucking pumped about it, too. It's going to yeah. be cool. Um, I don't hate that now I can play Destiny 2 when you can't. Because you're going to be a dad, and you won't <laughs> <That>, have time. <laughs> that is something that is going to be really tough for me to adjust. And that was like, for the longest time, Kelly and I, when we would talk about kids, we knew we wanted to have them, but I wasn't ready yet because I. it's not for a good reason. It's frankly because I was still too selfish. I wanted to be able to do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. I wasn't ready to give that up. Now I don't have a choice, and that's <laughs> going to that's gonna be a tough transition for me. And I know it is. It's going to be hard for me to... 
not be able to watch a show I want to watch or not be able to play a game I want to play because my child needs me. And it'll be easier once I have my child because your life just changes irrevocably. Thank you. Um, And my whole perspective on life will change and my priorities will change. I'm glad that's happening because when I look at it right now, I'm still like, fuck, dude, I'm not going to be able to play Spider-Man for six hours every Saturday once I have a kid. That's going to suck. So I'm glad knowing that I'll have a different attitude when my child is here and I'll want to like just spend time staring at my baby. That excites me. That prospect of like a completely new, not hobby, but like a completely new passion that I will have for another human being is going to exist very soon. That's going to be really cool. So I'm excited about that. And I'm excited that you'll be able to play games uh, without me where you don't feel obligated to wait for me. Yeah. It's really a win-win. Sure. (laughs) I'm excited for you. (laughs) And you can be the fun uncle. And and this will be the... I mean, this is the closest you're going to ever be to having kids. Yes. That's that's good for you. You can spoil them and, like, be the cool, fun, sarcastic uncle. It'll be be a good relationship. I'm excited for you to uh, to be an uncle. I'm going to be the one who teaches your kid about... How shitty the world is, and like <laughs> we can we can talk about that. Yeah, we can we can we can figure that out as we go. I'm sure my wife will have opinions on that pro- that prospect, but yeah, we can certainly talk about it. <clears throat> oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, so that's gonna do it for the podcast, everybody. Be sure if you have any comments or questions or topics of discussion or feedback. Send an email to info at shayhateseverything.com or you can shoot us a message on the Facebook page slash shayhateseverything or on Twitter at shay underscore castle, which is my full name. Uh, and that's going to do it. Thank you, Kyle, for joining. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And check out shayhateseverything.com for the show notes on everything we talked about today as well as some other news, reviews, and opinions on video games, movies, comics, and other shit that matters. That's it. Peace out.